Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Well, well. Good morning. Or good afternoon. Hope your day is going well. It's Joe Beamer in for Tom Bowerly. Here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Thank you so much. For making us a part of your day today and every day. Yeah, it sucks. Can I just say, it sucks. It sucks. I, I wish I could curse. It sucks. It, 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 it's, here we go again. You know, I, I feel, uh, I don't know. I, I have not, usually a game, right? The feeling of the game will leave me in a few hours, right? Maybe the next morning. I am just still in a funk, and I did say funk, over this loss. And you can't get away from it. It's on every channel. I was at the gym earlier. Every TV up there had something about this game. And it's like, I just want to, I just want to escape it. Uh, you know... Three of the four years eliminated by the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs. Now, last year, I don't remember feeling this dejected. Maybe a year does, uh, does you know, um, a lot to the memory. I don't remember feeling this dejected after losing to the Bengals last year. But, man, was that just, it was there. The game was there for the Buffalo Bills. And you can blame Tyler Bass. He didn't have a great season. But should it have even been in that situation? I say no. The opportunities that were missed uh, you know, earlier in the quarter, earlier in the game. I go back to the fake punt. Now, the fake punt could have been the deciding point, right? Chiefs go down the field and score. It's pretty much the game. But they get the fumble. The, the, this officiating crew actually makes the right call after review. And the Bills get the ball in the 25. You know, and we've seen this offense in times of desperation be able to move the ball down the field and score. And I, I, I had a real bad feeling when they couldn't turn that turnover into points. Uh, you have the Stefan Diggs drops. You have pretty much the defense letting the Chiefs do whatever they want. I mean, the one Kelsey touchdown, where was the defense? 
Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey could have walked in. I mean, he could have, he could have literally just taken his sweet time and gotten in the end zone. Uh, where was the defense? I understand that they're 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 banged up. I understand they have injuries. But with all that said, the Bills within a field goal, another close game, another one possession game that the Buffalo Bills cannot win. And now you have the offseason questions. You heard David and I talking about that at the end of his show. You heard David talking about it earlier in his show. What what does this team go where does this team go from here? Now I believe me, I have a very negative feeling, if you couldn't tell, right? I I my mood and maybe at 35 I shouldn't let my life be so determined <laughs> by uh the result of the Buffalo Bills. But I also want to kind of take a positive look at, at the season. And I know no one wants to hear this right now, but you had a team that was 6-6, six and six, had, a, had a, what, 10% chance to make the playoffs. They go on a heck of a run in second in the AFC. Now, I think it's also fair to say, well, they never should have been 6-6, six and six, right? The Bills should have had the conference... Um, one weeks before they did. I think that's a fair, a fair criticism, right? The games that they lost, they should have won. The Denver game, that was a coaching mistake, putting too many men on the field. The Patriots, the defense letting Mac Jones look like Tom Brady on the final drive. The Jets, first game of the season. Bills looked like they, looked like they didn't want to be there. The Jacksonville game in London. The Bills didn't start playing until the fourth quarter. So I think there's a lot of criticisms on this team, and especially uh, and especially on this coaching staff. I, I, I definitely think those criticisms are there. And, I, and, you know, this team is going to look different next year, right? There are going to be players that won't be on this team next year. Um, we've also discovered that there is some young talent on this team. But I, I also don't want to get too negative. Like, no, I don't want to be the team that's always out in the divisional round, right? I saw a graphic that compared the Bills in the last four years to the 06 to 09 San Diego Chargers. Very similar record. Four straight years in the divisional round. Three of the four years um, kicked out in the divisional round. It, it, very similar to what the uh, San Diego Chargers did in 6 9 You remember those years with Phillip Rivers. Um, again, they, they were another team that was known for playing close games, right? I, I mean, the joke was you would always get at 7.30 before 60 minutes, you would always get the last six minutes of the San Diego game, and it would always be Phillip Rivers trying to lead this crazy comeback. Um, so I don't want to say, like, hey, at least we're, we made the playoffs. But at the same time, I also want to say, we made the playoffs. Like, no, this t- this team with this talent, there's no excuse for not going further, especially when three of the four divisional games have been at home. You've had home field advantage. It hasn't done you much good. So I, I, I don't disagree. With this, with this talent, this team should be in the championship game every year. This team should have been in, in, in a Super Bowl one of the last four years. No doubt in my mind, this team should have been a Super Bowl team. In one of the last four years. They had the talent there. They were one of the best uh, teams in the league. And and I don't want to be, this is going to sound so small town, and I don't want to, I I don't mean it this way, because yes, 
I do think changes need to happen on the field. You talk about wanting to blow the whole thing up, right? People want to blow the whole thing up, blow the coaching staff up. Is that the right move? You take a risk. How about if you get a coach in here who regresses the team? Now, McDermott has made some questionable calls. McDermott also made the right call to fire Dorsey, and without that firing, do the Bills even go on this run? With Ken Dorsey still the offensive coordinator, does the offense make the changes that Joe Brady made? I would say they don't. I'd say that motivated this team to go on the run they went on, and I think Sean McDermott should deserve a little credit for that. Sean McDermott also put the comeback together. Right? They weren't the they weren't all the prettiest games, but you know, got the wins when he needed the wins to get this team to be the second team in the AFC. That's that's pretty good. But you also want to talk about the window closing, and I'm so sick of the expression the window's closing. Don't don't forget, Peyton Manning didn't win a playoff game until he was Josh Allen's age. So I don't want to talk about the window closing. I'm so sick of that expression. Right? Where do you go from here? You have the, the talent's going to be there. And I have all the faith in Brandon Bean that will, will make the adjustments. And, you know, whoever the Bills lose, they will bring the talent, the same amount of talent back. I, 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 don't, I don't doubt that the team that's on the field next year is going to make the playoffs. But, you know, yes, part of me says. This team should be in the Super Bowl. This was the year. The run they put together at the end of the season. Playing so many meaningful games week after week after week. Again, losing by only a field goal. All these one possession games. And it's heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking. The feeling that I had leaving that stadium last night, I still have at 2.20 this afternoon. But I have to ask you this, Buffalo, and don't get mad at me. Maybe this is the millennial in me. Do you want to go back to the drought years? I mean, at least we have a team that belongs in the NFL. We have a team that can compete with any other team in the NFL. You play that game last night 10 times. You're telling me the Chiefs are winning all 10 times? If this was the MLB and we're in the divisional round, you're telling me that the Chiefs are going to win four straight games and sweep the series? Now, I'm not saying that's good enough. It's not the MLB. We play, this is football. You play one game. And, yeah, there's a lot of questions that need answers. And I think there's, there's some changes on the field that need to be made. But, you know, some people. Oh, I'm never going to see the Bills win a Super Bowl. Oh, my gosh, this team's awful. I don't know if I can do it anymore. You don't know if you can do it. I saw someone tweet, uh, put that on social media. I don't know if I can do this anymore. Does anyone remember the drought seasons? Most of the drought seasons, you, you felt like you were watching a team that didn't even belong in the NFL. It was like you were a, a completely different, different uh, you were playing friendlies on Sunday against NFL teams, and you were a uh, you know, USFL team. So I, I do want to put it in perspective. After sitting through all those drought seasons, yeah, this sucks, because I believe the Buffalo Bills could have beaten the Ravens. I believe they should have won last night. I believe at times they were the better team on the field. I think there were some missed opportunities. Again, Stefan Diggs, the drops he's had, especially in the postseason. Did you see the comparison to Diggs' targets and drops in the postseason uh, compared to Shakir? I agree with David. Is Stefan Diggs really, really worth the distraction? 
I would say no. I mean, there are players who were worth the distraction, right? T.O. in his prime was worth the off-field distraction that T.O. was, right? T.O. at the time was worth the guy that would go to the middle of the field when he was with the Eagles and spike the uh, football down in in the Dallas Star. He was worth it because he was that good. He was worth the distraction. The way Stephon Diggs is playing, especially in the postseason, is he worth the distraction? 803-0930, starting at 30. So I want to know, how are you feeling today? Because you can say, Joe, it's just a football game, get onto something else. But in you know, this is a small town, I like to say. It's a medium town. But Buffalo is like a small town. I mean, and the Bills, we love this team. And we feel like the last four seasons, we've probably been watching the best Bills team on the field since the early 90s. And I understand people say, what people are saying. You feel like it's missed opportunities. I definitely believe at least one of these last four teams belonged in the Super Bowl. How do you get there? Let's go to Tony on a cell. Tony, what are you feeling this afternoon? Uh, yeah, I would like to uh, congratulate uh, Mr. Bellavia for calling out Diggs for not being the, the big star that he's supposed to be. And um, I, I don't think he's worth the money. And also, uh, I think it's very disrespectful to run around like a, like a high school kid with the, uh, that blue mouthpiece that everybody can see flopping all over the place. You've got all these kids uh, in Little League and high school who cannot play without the mouthpiece in their mouth properly, uh, and this guy's showing everybody defiance. And um, to me, there's, there's no excuse for that. It's a t- terrible role model. Terrible, terrible. Yeah, and, and I, it looks silly. If, if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna, sorry, if, if you're not gonna put the mouthpiece in your mouth, then take it off your helmet and stop running around with the thing flapping around like a moron. Yeah, Tony, I can't, uh, I can't push back on that. You're right. I mean, he's, it's always out, and you know, uh, you can clearly see it flopping uh, off his helmet when he's uh, dropping that 60-yard bomb that was perfectly thrown. Uh, Tony on his cell, appreciate the call. Uh, yeah, I mean, Stefan Diggs is a great player. Don't get me wrong. He is a great player. But I don't know what happens in the postseason. I don't know what happens. I, you want to... You Talk off the field. You want to put tweets out there where all offseason we're wondering, is Stephon Diggs going to be on the Bills? Does Stephon Diggs hate Josh Allen? You know, we have to, that, that was the, the offseason. You're going to play these games. I'm fine with it if you're going to produce, right? You want to play these games, fine, if you're going to produce. You drop a 60-yard bomb in a divisional game against the team that you can't get the hump you can't get over, which are the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know. It, it, it kind of makes you go back and put the microscope on all the other stuff and say, is it worth it? As, as Tony said, the money is also a factor here. But if Steph, if Stefan Diggs wants to go play in Dallas with his brother, fine, go to Dallas. Guess what? You'll have an extra week off because Dallas, the Bills can't get out of the divisional round. Dallas can't get out of the wild card round. So you want that extra week off, go, go to Dallas. Have fun in Dallas. So what should the Bills do? What is the next step for the Buffalo Bills? 803-0930, star 930. You're the GM. You're the owner. You're Terry Pagula. What's next for the Buffalo Bills? 
I understand people saying get rid of the coach, you know, blow up the coaching staff. Okay. You want to do that, you do risk regression. We've seen it before, especially in college football, but you've seen it in the NFL. You switch coaches, and now you don't make the playoffs. And that's another year wasted with Josh Allen. Again, I don't want to be window open, window closed guy. That's not me. I, don't, I, 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 I can't stand that expression. But you also don't want to waste a year that Josh Allen's your quarterback. Josh Allen gives you an opportunity to win every game. So what do you do that you can get over that divisional uh, round hump? Like I said, for some, uh, I think it's because it's the Chiefs. This year, this loss hurts more. Uh, am I crazy to say this loss hurts more than the 13 seconds? I don't think so because, I mean, this is the weakest Chiefs team we've seen in the Mahomes era, particularly on offense. So if there was ever a year that we were going to get over the hump, it felt like it was this one because obviously, you know, no Tyreek Hill. We saw the struggles they had on offense down the stretch. So to not have this one, it feels like this was our best chance we've had in quite some time to to slay these demons, but we couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. And, and you wonder, is it is it also head games, right? The, are the Chiefs in the Bills' head? I guess that's something else. 803 930 star 930. What are you feeling today? What's your What should the Bills do? What would you like to see the Bills do in the offseason? And are you going to hate watch the AFC Championship game? 803 930 star 930. It's Beamer in for Bowerly. Back after this. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Too soon. Too soon. Welcome back. It's Beamer in for Bowerly here on News Radio 930 WBEN. I was just talking to Tanner during the break. This Mr. Beast, the money he brings in. Like, it, it, Tanner, what did he start? Because now, like, everything is, I'll give you $1,000 a minute if you can do this. Like, he didn't start with all this money. 
What, what were his videos before he just gave? Like right now, he, he's going to give 10 random people $25,000 to retweet his uh, tweets. Of course, I retweeted it. Uh, but like, where did it start for him? Because now everything's involved with all the money he has. Yeah, the first time I remember ever hearing about him was just doing like these weird challenges, like counting to like some ridiculous number, like a million or something like that. So things like that. That's where I first uh, remember hearing about him is just doing stuff like that, like in his basement. And then, you know, he got all of his buddies involved and started, you know, as his channel started gaining traction, doing these high production type uh, videos. And here we are. Man, I'll tell you, I, I, I think I say this every time I fill in for Tom, but uh, I wish I wish I could find something to be one of these Instagram, YouTube influencers. I don't know what I need to do. We've been going over some ideas, but we'll see. I, I mean, like I told you, I, give me a camera. Let me go to abandoned buildings. I'll, I think that would be a cool video series, but we'll, uh, we'll see. 803-0930, star 930, talking about the heartbreak last night. The Bills losing to the Chiefs yet again. And uh, it doesn't get easier. It, 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 like Tanner said, this was probably the weakest Kansas City team we played. We had them at – we. The Bills had them at home. I, I don't play for the team. I just root for the team. The Bills had them at home. And, again, a winnable game. You, the, the opportunities left on the field is what made this game, I think, even more um, frustrating. Right? Obviously, Tyler Bass at the end – missing the field goal that would have tied it. That's that's the big one. If he makes that field goal, do we, did the Bills go to overtime? You don't know. But even before that, it's a lot like Scott Norwood in the Super Bowl, right? It should never have come down to that. Other opportunities that were missed. Again, not turning t- the turnover into points, I think was a huge missed opportunity. What do you think? 803-0930, star 930. And what would you like to see this team do? What do you want to see... That would get you excited for next season. I'm already excited for next season. All right? Yep. Call me, call me a loser. Someone said, Joe, stop drinking the Kool-Aid. Whatever. Whatever you want to say. I'm already excited for next season. Right? I mean, all my teams seem to, you know, when they lose, I just, I'm, I'm ready for next year. Uh, so, what would they need to do to get you excited? 803-0930, star 930. Mark is held uh, through the break. Mark, thanks for hanging on. Hi, how are you? Doing well, Mark. What do you think, um... About last night, and how should the Bills go forward? I just got three points. Josh Allen, he always plays his heart out. I worry about him. He thinks he's a running back, and he's hopefully he doesn't get hurt, broken leg or something like that. The receivers, uh, I guess their jury's still out on them. I get it. They're human. But, you know, you, those guys are getting paid big money. I don't want to hear excuses. You catch the ball when it's thrown. End of story, you know. And my biggest thing is, is you know, the kicker. You've you're got one job. Your job is to make shots and get points, extra point, whatever the story is. Now, unless you've got an 80-mile-an-hour win and you're in a blizzard, how could you hook it right like that? And the coaches need to see that and pull the kickers and get somebody to get the job done. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been an all-season issue with Tyler Bass. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, what do you need, a brick to hit you in the head? you got to have two or three kickers and say, guess what? I don't think you can do it today. So I'll put the other guy in there. Yeah. I mean, wasn't there a couple of kicks before? This guy here, he, you got the whole upright. You kick it down the middle. What's this guy doing? It's inches. It either misses by inches or two inches within the upright. 
And this guy's getting paid to kick in the NFL. Are you kidding me right now? One of the highest paid kickers. And you know what? You're for kidding y- me right now. For- and that goes down to management. If, yeah. if I was a coach, I'd say, guess what? The last handful of games, your kicks are a little shaky. You kick me 50 kicks, and I want to see how, how many go. 25 from 35 and under and 25 from 35 to 55 yards. I keep my life simple. That's old school. Why don't they do that? Is that hard to figure out? <laughs> well, Mark, there's there's a there's there's people getting paid a lot more money to figure that stuff out. Uh, hopefully, what? they can in this off season. Appreciate the call, uh, Mark in Tonawanda. I, I mean, I remember when the Bills would bring in DJ Fitzpatrick. It seemed like for every uh, preseason, and then he'd get cut after the fourth game. Um, I don't know what the answer is with Tyler Bass. I mean, up to this season, he was money, right? You wonder, is it just a bad year? Is this going to be a habitual thing? Do you take a chance and bring him back? I, I, I don't know the answer to that. Again, there's people making a lot more money than me to make those decisions. Um, however, I, I will defend him by saying it never should have come down to that. And yes, I think he deserves blame. You get paid to, to kick in the NFL, you should make that field goal. However the game should not have been put on his foot. And the numerous opportunities that were lost, uh, I think are going to sting, and sting for a long time. As someone said on the on the text board, uh, where is it? Ha, Beamer obviously doesn't know football and can't play, probably never did. I have no idea what that's a response to, but you're right. I, I, I played football one year, and I can't play football. I'm sure you can't play football either, or you wouldn't be texting me. You'd be playing football or coaching football. But no, I'm not sitting here pretending I know the answers. I'm giving you my opinion. But I'm not a coach, right? I don't have the – I don't play. I watch a lot. But if watching football meant you you knew football, a lot of us uh, armchair uh, Monday quarterbacks would, uh, would would be in the NFL coaching. I'm just telling you what my opinion is and that, yeah, it stings. It sucks that we keep on – the Bills keep on getting eliminated in the divisional round. But I'm going to be honest with you, and this might not be uh, a popular take. This might not go over well. I would take 10 more years of being a divisional round exit in the NFL than going back to what it felt like during the drought. I would. The drought sucked, guys. The Bills got nothing out of it. The Bills got Josh Allen 17 years later. The drought was awful. The Bills were fielding teams that didn't belong in the NFL. The Bills were fielding teams of players that, after they left Buffalo, some weren't even getting signed to a team. J.P. Lossman went from the Buffalo Bills to the Las Vegas Locomotives in the UFL. So, yeah... This sucks. This stings. But again, I'd take 10 more years of this and ever go back to the years, to the teams of the drought years. Those were awful, awful teams. Painful. To, you, you think this is painful to sit through? Yeah. I think this team should have been in this. I think one of these last four teams should have been in the Super Bowl. I think this team this year was AFC championship uh, uh, caliber, if not Super Bowl caliber. I do. But to be a team that's one of the best teams in the NFL, 
year after year. It's a lot more it's a lot more enjoyable than 2012, 2008. Right? JP Lossman, Trent Edwards, Kelly Holcomb, EJ Manuel, who by the way does a great job on the ACC network. A lot lot more enjoyable these last few seasons than anything during the drought. Except when they brought Tyrod Taylor. That was that was a lot of fun. And then Tyrod took us to the playoffs. He ended the drought. Let's go to uh, Bill in Williamsville. Bill, what's uh, what's the next move for these Buffalo Bills? Uh, you know what? I don't. I remember the Norwood and how everybody uh, blamed Norwood. And this, I feel, is the same thing. Bass has been a little inconsistent, but basically, I think he's been fairly fairly good. Um, could there be better? Could there? We have more ammo there. Yeah, I would say yeah. But the bottom line is what you said. And I said that last night. It shouldn't have come down to that. Our defense, number one, yesterday was lackluster, if at all, in the second half. And 31, I don't know how many times I saw him. He was nothing. He was he was missing. He was missing coverage. He was missing. He was missing, and then he gets wailed on a good play, or I should say a bad play for the uh, the, the flag, which you, and it was just just crazy. And then the guys, like the other gentleman said. Catch the ball. Allen was putting that ball. The only thing he could have done, like in the 13-second game a couple of years, years ago, he could, the only thing he could do now is really learn during the offseason how to run down the field and catch his own, uh, you know, <laughs> throw. Yeah. I'm, I'm serious. Other than that, what do you want from the guy? Right. What do you want from the guy? 100%. You know, I, mean, I mean, as far as this uh, Allen Diggs, there's something going on. We know that Diggs can perform, and we know Allen can throw. So what is going on? You know, you see Kelsey and Mahomes, and you go, now, see, there you go. That's, that's Allen Diggs. That's Kelsey Mahomes. It's, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it wasn't there. It's like, you guys, you want to go to the Super Bowl, you got to play like a Super Bowl team when you have the chance to play for it. Yesterday, I don't know what the hell they did. I really don't. Anyway, that's it, and uh, it's just it's too bad for the fans that have had to put up with it. And uh, yeah, it's too bad for good players. Like, uh, you know, I I think maybe if I was Allen, I don't know if I'd be kind of putting my feelers out and say, listen, I'll cancel my contract. Get me on a team that can win a Super Bowl with good coaching and everything else. So, that's a fear of mine, Bill. And, uh, that's a fear of mine. Man. I don't want him to sour. T- well, what are you going to do? The guy, yeah. he's doing everything. He's running. I, and I like the other guy said, I, it's like, Josh, you shouldn't be running as much as you run. I love the fact he can run when he needs to. And where was the – on Mahomes, does almost make a touchdown from well, how many yards, what, 40, 50 yards out he almost made. Where's our, where's our guys on defense? I don't get it. It's like, come on. Yeah. You know, no. I don't know. Bill, so, I hear you loud and clear, man. Appreciate the call. Uh, yeah. Al, I mean – Allen, I heard Stephen A. Smith say this. The thing about Josh Allen is he can make a broken play a touchdown. He can turn a broken play into 20 yards, and he can. But he also needs the other players on the field. You know, he doesn't need Stephon Diggs dropping the 60-yard bomb. He doesn't need Sherfield, number one. And again, I'm not a coach, okay? I don't know football from the player or coach perspective because – I only played football for a year. I never coached football, okay? I know it purely from a fan perspective 
who watches the game a lot. But let me say this. I don't know why you have Sherfield running a, a route down the sideline. Sherfield had a great catch against Miami. Don't I'm not taking that away from him. But this season, if you needed a clutch play, 80% of the time, Sherfield's not going to make that clutch play. So I don't know why we're looking downfield to Sherfield in a playoff in a divisional playoff game. I don't know why he's running that route. Unless it's for a distraction, but it wasn't because they threw him the ball. Um yeah, again, missed opportunities. And Bill's right. It should not have come down to Tyler Bass. Tyler Bass did not have the best season. Again, he did win the game in Los Angeles to keep the streak alive. He did win the game in Los Angeles to get the Bills into the playoffs. So I don't want to be too hard on the guy. He made, a, he made some important kicks this season. He missed a very important one as well. But I think if you break the, the full game down, uh, it's, it's other missed opportunities. But... I will say this, you know, you can accuse me of drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm probably going to go buy myself a new Bills hoodie now that everything's going to be marked down for the next few weeks. Uh, I'll, you know, my deposit's in. I'll be there next season, opening day. Um, You know, I I love this team. I love love Buffalo. I I love Western New York, and, you know, I support the Bills. I support the Sabres. Um, And as much as this hurts, I cannot wait till the home opener next year when it will be warm, screaming at the game. I can't wait for it. And I'm excited to see what happens this offseason uh, because I do, I do trust Brendan Bean to make the right adjustments that need to be made on this team, right? If a player wants to get a go, like Gabe Davis, we learned, is, is going to test uh, free agency. No surprise there. I'm sure, uh, again, Brendan Bean can make the adjustments he needs to make, bring the people in he needs to bring in. Um, and, and there's a lot of there's a lot of promise on this team. Uh, if I were the Bills, I'd also make sure that James Cook knew how to catch. Might be something they need to work on. Can James Cook catch the ball uh, when he's running across in front of Josh Allen? We'll see. We'll see. These are things they can work on. Um, but, you know, I want to know from you, 803 star 930. Is this the end of you watching football for the season? Or are you going to hate watch the AFC Championship game next week? Like, I can't keep myself away from it. I'll be ticked the whole time uh, watching it. But I'm going to watch it. I love football, right? I'll watch the AFC Championship game. I'll watch the NFC Championship game. Um, just because, I mean, I did every year during the drought, even though the Bills seem like they're in a different league. Always did. I'll watch the Super Bowl, of course. But, you know, I'm excited. Pitchers and catchers report in less than a month. We've got spring training. The New York Mets, who who knows if Pete Alonso uh, is going to be a Met after this season. Uh, but, you know, I got that to look forward to. And then Virginia Tech, and then the Bills are back. So, it, it, it's, it, it's, it just, I think what really sucks is when they made the run, they beat the Dolphins to secure the two seed. I think there was this thought that this was different than the last three seasons. This team had it. This team beat some playoff teams down the stretch to get into the playoffs. And then you get the matchup with Kansas City. And the hype all week, talking about how important this game is to the Bills, how important this game is to the franchise, how this is the year to get over the hump. But you know what? In Kansas City... They were being said, oh, being told, hey, you have to win the playoff game. 
you know, you've never played a playoff game on the road in front of, you've never played in Orchard Park in front of fans. You know, I think that fueled them as well. And at the end of the day, they get the win, and, you know, congratulations to them. Uh, but that's when it's going to sting. That's when it's really going to sting. And it, it, it felt different. I keep going back to it. It felt different in that stadium last night. It felt different than it did a year ago against the Bengals. It felt like this was it. This was going to – you had LaShawn McCoy do the video before the game. You had Bruce out there getting the crowd all uh, fired up. It just felt like this was different. This was the game where the Bills were going to get over the hump. And I think when, when you go into halftime winning, you've convinced yourself this is the game, and then reality hits you, and I think that's what we're feeling today. Dan in Orchard Park. Dan, your thoughts on the game last night? Hi, Joe. Thanks, uh, thanks so much. I really like your show. Thanks, Dan. But um, my, my, my take on the whole situation with the Chiefs and the Bills, you have a Hall of Fame coach in Andy Reid, you have Spagnolia, Spagnola running the defense. And I just think Andy Reid knows how to manage a game. And, and it doesn't really make a difference at what point in the game that, that the Chiefs are at. He is just, he's so poised. He makes all the right plays. And the bottom line is the Chiefs make adjustments. And, you know, if you take a look at the structure of the AFC right now, I think we plateaued off. And I really think the chance they had to win it was two years ago. And, um, you know, they're starting to get a little older. Diggs is a little bit older. He can't get separation. Um, They didn't use Dalton Kincaid like they should have. They used him in the first half a little bit. And I, I I think the coach has a difficult job managing the game in the last five minutes on the Bills team. Oh, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. I think you're, I think you're 100% right on. I think you see time after time, team, when the Bills are up by only a possession and the opposing team has the ball in the final five minutes, you see them work their way down the field, Dan. I, I think that's an excellent uh, observation. Yeah, and, and to kind of say it was, you know, on Tyler Bass, he should have made the kick, but he didn't. And then let's say hypothetically he makes the kick. You know, again, clock management. There's a minute and 47 seconds left on the clock. And who knows what would have happened after that if he made the kick. And, you know, it, again, if you're going to if you're gonna fake a punt, not even fake a punt, it, they, they should have put their off, left their offense on the field and went for the fourth down conversion with Josh Allen in the game. And I think that's a huge I, – I, I think that comes from the, the head coach down. And he has to be involved in all those key situations and key calls. And I just don't think – I think if you look at his pattern, and he has a pretty good pattern and track record, not a good track record, but if you look at, at, at the tendencies with him, with the coach, he has a very difficult time in the last two to three minutes of the game. And it, sh- it shouldn't come down to that. No, 100%, Dan. You're right. I, 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 you're right. I mean, uh, how many times this season can we, can we point to the Bills having a less than seven-point lead and the opposing team being able to run right down the field? I mean, New England, who couldn't do that against the Jets, was able to do it against the Bills in New England uh, earlier in the season. Dan, appreciate the call up against the break. 803-0930, start 930. It's Beamer in for Bowerly. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. I promise we'll get on to other things. 
I know my, my mom said to me today, I went, I went to drop uh, my son off at my parents' house, and my mom said, please don't tell me you're talking about the Bills. I can't take it anymore. It's too depressing. I was like, oh, we got to talk a little bit about it, Mom. Uh, but I promise, there's other topics. It's not going to be four hours of Beamer uh, crying about the Bills. I promise we've got other things. Other things happened yesterday that I want to get into as well. 803-0930, start 930. I would love to hear from you. Um, calls are on the text board. Beamer in for Bowerly back after this. Hey, welcome back. It is Beamer in for Bowerly here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Thank you so much for joining us. We are dissecting the uh, Bills game from yesterday. Not really. We're just talking about how you feel and what you want to, uh, what you would like to see the team do in the off season. Uh, your thoughts? 8030930 star 930 and all right. The Bills are gone. Are done. What? do you do now in Western New York to fill the void the Bills have left? 803-0930, star 930. Bobby is in Tonawanda. Bobby, your thoughts on the game? Joe, I'm done with the Bills. Oh. I'm absolutely done. I'm 75 years old. I went through four Super Bowls. Every one of them had a victim. And who lost their helmet? Who was mad at Kelly? The bickering Bills. And then, then we go on and on, and every time after they lose, there's an excuse. Well, we should have did this. Oh, we're going to learn about that. We'll do things different. I've had it. They should have won that game yesterday, and they didn't do it. And I will not buy another piece of Bills anything until, they're, until they win the Super Bowl if I'm still alive. All we do is root on losers. The Sabres are losers, and the Bills are losers. And as far as I'm concerned, they're never going to win a Super Bowl. It's like we got a curse on our sport teams. I don't care how close we get, we end up losing. It's it's frustrating, Bobby. It's frustrating. Now, I got to ask you, um, the game yesterday, where does that rank in disappointment compared to either of the four Super Bowls? Um, I think they had a... Geez, it was so long ago, the four Super Bowls. Um, I don't know. I think they had a better chance yesterday. Really? Okay, yeah. you know, the other thing, Joe, even if they would have won beating Kansas City, they're not going to beat, uh, who are we going to play? The Ravens. The Ravens. They looked really uh, good. Quarterback there? Lamar Jackson. Yeah, there was no way we beat that team. No, I, I – but, but wouldn't getting to the AFC Championship after – two straight seasons of losing in the divisional, wouldn't that have been a step up? That would have been like getting over the hump, don't you? That would have been at least more excusable, do you think? Oh, Joe, you know, like I said, there's an excuse. Every time the game's over with. We should have did this. We're going to do better. We're going to bet every time. I'm so sick of hearing it. After they lost the game last night, I didn't even want to hear any of their excuses. I'm, I'm done. You know what I mean? And next year, it's going to be worse because we're not going to have half the players. Yeah, I mean, that could mean better if we bring better players in. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, Bobby, I, I hear your frustration, and, and I think a lot of people in the audience, by looking at the text board, a lot of people in the audience are uh, are, are echoing your uh, your frustration. I, I'm just done with it, Joe. I'm not going to buy their stuff anymore, like I said. If they win the Super Bowl, I'll go out and I'll buy all the shirts and whatever. I'm tired of spending $300, $400 every year. For what? For, for what? So that we can root losers? 
oh, that's okay. The bills are due next year. I'm so sick and tired of hearing next year. Isn't it 18 years so far? Doesn't it make this 19 years that we've been hearing? Oh, next year we'll do it. Yeah. Bobby, I, I hear you. I hear the frustration. I appreciate the call. I, I mean, hey, I'm frustrated, right? And yes, you know, uh, for the third straight, I keep saying the fourth, it's the third straight year of being eliminated in the divisional round, the fourth year making the divisional round. And no, I, I'm frustrated. I, I'm kind of the opposite, though. Like, I still love the Bills and I have pride in the team and I'm now going to take advantage of all the sales, all these stores stocked up on merchandise. Now they're going to try to get rid of it. I'll be right there. I'll be buying the 30% off hoodie, the 40% off hoodie. Uh, I might even buy a 30% off jersey if I think the player's coming back. Um, you know, I mean, that's just, you know, uh, the Bills and Sabres, they break our heart, but I still love them. I still love them. You know, I, I, I still want to see the Sabres get back to where they were in the mid-2000s and the late 90s, and I still believe that day is closer than it is. It's sooner than later. I still believe the Bills are... Next year will be a playoff team, regardless of, you know, who comes, who goes. I just, I think as long as Josh Allen's your quarterback, um, you're going to be in, you're going to be one of the top teams in the NFL. I just, I think that's the case. And this team's not going to be completely depleted. You know what I mean? Like, we're not losing the entire team to an expansion draft or something. It's frustrating. And I hear Bob, I hear what Bobby is saying. Don't get me wrong. I hear what she's saying. But, you know, I mean, the Bills have done this to me. The Sabres have done this to me. Virginia Tech has done this to me. The Mets have done this to me. I mean, the feeling, I mean, Kansas City, you want to talk about someone who really can't stand the city of Kansas City. Not only can the Bills not get past them in the playoffs, does anyone remember 2015? The Mets got, the Mets lost in five games to the Kansas City Royals. So I have, I have a true dislike for Kansas City, Missouri. All right. I mean, that 2015 Mets team was a lot better than a five-game exit in the World Series, but that's a different show down the road. Um, so, me, believe me, my disdain for Kansas City goes far uh, beyond the Chiefs. But you know what? I I love these teams. I mean, this this is these are who I root for, right? This is I can't wait till you know. Yesterday, went to the game with my dad. It's, I had fun. Yeah, we lost. It sucked. It sucked leaving the stadium. But it was fun, and, I, and you know, in a few years, I hope to go to these games with my son and, and, you know, watch the Mets with my son and go to Virginia Tech games with my son. Like, that, I, I love these teams. Like, I, I'm not going to I'm not gonna leave them. I'm not going to not watch them, right? I mean, the Sabres have not been to the playoffs since I was a senior in college. Doesn't make it me any less likely when I'm, you know, 7 o'clock, games on the TV, right? I still love them. I still believe that spark is coming back. I still have fun watching them. You know, I mean, the drought bill sucked. I just spent the whole first hour talking about how those teams sucked. You felt like you were in a different league. Still went to every game. Still had fun watching them. Still, you know, took, uh, didn't do anything all day Sunday just so I could dictate my entire day around the bills. People would say that's crazy, you know. People would say, Joe, there's more to life than sports. I know that. But I love it. I, I, I love my Sundays being devoted to the Bills, right? I love every night at 710 being devoted to baseball from April to October. My wife might not like it much, but I like it. You know, I like when the Sabres are playing at 7 o'clock on a random Wednesday when there's nothing else going on. No, it's frustrating. 
and it sucks. And I did not think I'd be doing this show today. I thought the I thought this was the game. I thought we'd be talking about who's going to Baltimore, who's got their tickets, who's ready to make the drive to M&T Bank Stadium. This one stings, I'm not going to lie. But, you know, I'm sure by the end of the week I'll have a new hoodie because it's 30% off at a store. <laughs> um, someone said on the uh, text board, Joe, I'm with Bobby, done, uh, done with them. Another one. Uh, now, th- th- this person was upset. Oh, no, this is something different. I saw two red Bills jerseys and a blue one on the shoulder of the 190 this morning driving into work. I almost turned around to grab one. Uh, I mean, to me, that's a little bit, that's a little much. I mean, we are talking about one of the best teams in the league still, right? Like to, to get rid of your merchandise, to light it on fire. I mean, that's a little much, all right? Yeah, it sucks. And I hate to, this is going to, I know this is going to upset most of the audience when I say what I'm about to say. So just, I realize a majority of you are going to be upset when the next few words come out of my mouth. But we aren't a big city. We are a medium-sized city. We are lucky to have an NFL team. I know people hate when I say that. We are lucky to have an NFL team. And Buffalo is on the map because of the Buffalo Bills. And this game sucks. And it stings. But I would much rather a team that loses in the divisional round than to be like Rochester and not have an NFL team at all. There. I said it. Let's go to Mark uh, in Buffalo. Mark, thanks for hanging on. Joe, how are you, bro? I'm doing all right, Mark. Okay. Can you hear me all right? Loud and clear. Okay. Joe? I'm pissed off right now with everybody. Listen, this team was not probably the way they were injured in the middle of the season, Joe. Nobody else would have even made the playoffs. Depleted. They come all the way back. All the way. I don't know if anybody could do that, even Kansas City if it happened. They come all the way back. They make the playoffs. They win that game in Miami over there. They win last week. Depleted. Okay? And they almost won last night. I cannot believe. I'm sorry, Joe, if you hang up. I mean, these people in this city are, are ungrateful, and I don't think they know much about sports or the football. Very ungrateful. That This team is, I mean, you don't know, Joe. What they did, I'm so grateful for them and everything. All of them, every damn one of them. And I just wanted to say that, Joe. All right, Mark in Buffalo. I, I will say this. I, you, can't, you can't gloss over the fact that this was a team left for dead after the Eagles game. I mean, everyone, everyone in the, in the sports media was saying the Bills were dead. They're not making the playoffs. Season's over. Not only did they, they didn't sneak into the playoffs. They got second place in the AFC. They won every game they needed to win. And like Mark said, they lost player after player after player. Their defense was depleted. And they still found ways to win. Like, I, 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 like, to Bobby's point, I don't want to make excuses because I do think that team on the field last night should have beaten the Chiefs. But you can't just gloss over what this team did to get to the point last night. And again, again, maybe we can be critical of the first 12 games of the season. Yes, 
I'm all on board with you. The Jets game, the Patriots game, the Broncos game, the Jaguars game. All winnable games. The Bills had no there was the Bills had no place losing those games. But they did. Yeah, the crit, you can, you can be extra critical on coaching in those games. I 100%. But the fact that they got rid of Ken Dorsey and this lit a fire under this team and they won every single every game after the Eagles was a playoff game for the Bills and they won them. And they almost won last night. Again, almost like the Bowling for Soup song. Almost, yeah, doesn't cut it. But I think there's a lot to be happy about with this team. And I don't want to be, hey, bring some of that momentum to next season. But come on, we can't gloss over that. Yeah, to Mark's point, I'm thankful that that the, the Buffalo Bills made the playoffs. I'm thankful that they fought hard to get where they are. I also believe that that team last night was the better team and should have beaten the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think it's the team. I think the Bills beat themselves more than the Chiefs beat the Bills, if you, if, if you want me to be honest. Let's go to uh, Kim and Tonawanda. Kim, your thoughts on the, uh, on the game last night? Me personally, I think it was a cumulative effort. I mean, our injured reserve list, didn't look good. I mean, a lot of key players were on there. And then you have um, little mistakes that everybody did on the team. There's no I in team. You can't throw Bass under the bus because he didn't make it. He tried. He didn't go out there saying, yeah, I'm going to miss. He missed. He's entitled to make mistakes. Everybody does. And unfortunately, again, this was not our year. But next year, pregame, I'm going to be there rooting for my Bills again. Absolutely. Kim, I, 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 can't, I can't wait for opening day. I can't wait for the home opener. I mean, this, 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 loss, this loss stings. It's going, to, it's going to sting for a while, but I can't wait to root this team on week one of next season. Bring it on. I'm right there with you. I like to hear it, Kim. Appreciate the call. Kim and Tonawanda, 803-0930, star 930. Um, you know, but I think over the last 90 minutes, we got – by the calls, and thank you everyone for calling, I think we got a good feel of how the town is feeling, right? You've got people that are frustrated. People that say they might be done with them. People who want to say, hey, look what they did do, though. I mean, that, that is Western New York. And I do believe we have, I, I, I am one of those people, I think we have the best fans in the NFL. I do. We have the absolute best fans in the, in the NFL. People who stuck by this team during that drought and are with this team. The place will be packed next season. We have great fans. And I know week one next year, we'll be cheering. We'll be, get, we'll be getting up with the ups and ticked off when things don't go right. Uh, but this one's going to sting for a while. Uh, and, and that's... Um, that's that. So thank you for letting me vent. I appreciate uh, you all calling in and venting as well. Phone lines will be open. As you know, if I had a topic, you can call in at 555 and comment on it. Um, it's always an open uh, forum for anything that I have mentioned during the show. But when we come back, before the game last night, there was a development in the political world. And I don't want to spend too much time on politics, but I do want to we, – we were dissecting the bills and where the bills went wrong and what happened to the Buffalo Bills. 
I think we need to spend at least a half hour dissecting what went wrong with Ron DeSantis. Because here's someone who had a promising, I thought, chance at the presidency. And then it was downhill ever since he announced his campaign. And again, I think, I think personally, I think he was the best, uh, best option running for president. And he suspended his campaign yesterday through his uh, support behind former President Trump, which now means that, uh, let's be honest, former President Trump's winning the GOP. Uh, not that it was a question before that. Uh, but I think we can take a few minutes and dissect what happened to the Ron DeSantis campaign. 8030930, star 930 is the number. I'll give my take on that, my thoughts on it. And later on in the show, I've asked you the best concert you've ever been to. In the 5 o'clock hour today, I'm going to ask you the worst concert you've ever been to. We talk so much about, oh, it was a great show. But you know what? The worst shows are sometimes more memorable than the best shows. So I want to ask you the worst concert you've been to. That'll be in the 5 o'clock hour. But next, let's dissect uh, Governor Ron DeSantis. He announced yesterday that he is suspending his campaign, throwing his uh, his support behind former President Trump, uh, which, you know— I, I've always said if you want to win a, uh, if you want to win an election, you have to unite the party, and uh, I think that's what uh, Ron DeSantis was attempting to do. We will see if it works. Eight oh three oh nine thirty star nine thirty. Let's dissect the DeSantis campaign. What happened and why was it so flat out of the gate? And does Ron DeSantis have a chance in twenty twenty eight? Because I would say right now he's the front runner. Eight oh three oh nine thirty star nine thirty. Back after this. Bills can't blame it on the rain. Wasn't raining last night. Ron DeSantis can't blame it on the rain either. Uh, I, I think there's... We talked about the the unforced errors from the Buffalo Bills yesterday. I think Ron DeSantis had a lot of unforced errors on his campaign. Welcome back. It's Beamer in for Bowerly here on News Radio 930 WBEM. Millie Vanilli. They had a great career going, and then they got caught. But, you know, still like good music. Whoever it really was singing... Some good songs. Um, Blame It on the Rain. Girl, You Know It's True, which is the song that was playing when they got caught because the cassette keep, kept going back. Girl, You Know It's True. Girl, You Know... It just kept playing that over and over again. You learn something every day here if you didn't know that. Uh, 8030930, star 930. So what happened to the DeSantis campaign? I'd like to know from you. Uh, 8030930, star 930. And... Uh, Maybe uh, you were a DeSantis supporter. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're a Biden supporter, and you're you know, you're on the outside looking into everything that's going on in the GOP primary. What's your thoughts on how this is shaping up? Eight hundred three hundred nine thirty star nine thirty. I I I I really like Governor DeSantis. You know, I, I think what he's done in Florida, um, as governor, 
starting with COVID. Obviously, COVID's what put him on the map because he was one that said, hey, I'm not closing my state down for long. You know, we're, we're going to get back to back to work. But looking at um, the way he entered this campaign, all right, there's a lot of speculation. Uh, and again, I think there was a lot of attention on Ron DeSantis. I, I do think when he announced, everyone thought he was the guy that could challenge Trump for the nomination, right? You've got DeSantis. He's younger than Trump. He, um, he didn't cave in to COVID like Trump did when he was president. Um, and I, I thought that was his best campaign strategy. Problem with DeSantis is he waited forever to get to COVID. Like, he, he goes in there. Again, he kind of limps into the campaign. He, you know, is not critical of, of former President Trump, which I think is fine. I don't think you have to be critical of the former president um, about his presidency. You can be critical of things he said he was going to do and didn't. And I, I think when, when DeSantis announced, DeSantis should have just from the beginning gone, all right, hey, I voted for, Don- for Donald Trump, and I would vote for him again. But let's remember, he went to Washington and said he was going to uh, clean the swamp. He didn't. If anything, he made the swamp more powerful. Uh, Donald Trump said he was, you know, uh, the stuff that he said, and he didn't. Again, his big thing was cleaning out the swamp. Donald Trump did not clean out the swamp. If anything, he made the swamp more powerful. He put Christopher Wray in the position that he's in with the FBI, which I think is how it's hilarious that people complain about the FBI. Donald Trump put the director there, right? Um, I mean, he made the former president, I think, made some mistakes of the people that he trusted when he was president. And I think the biggest mistake that that former president Donald Trump made was in his final year. I I think the, the, the way he handled COVID... I think was absolutely wrong. Now, I'm not going to get mad over anyone over the first two months of COVID, right? We didn't know this thing. We didn't know. uh, We didn't know how many people it was going to affect. We didn't know how seriously, um, you know, what the percentage of people who get that were going to be seriously sick. I March and April of 2020, I have no problem uh, the way it was handled. But he did fight. DeSantis on opening Florida, and he fought Brian Kemp on opening Georgia. He impo- he gave Anthony Fauci the power to the country. And that's why I think it's interesting how quickly Donald Trump has been able to get the majority of the Republican Party behind him because I think those were some big errors. Now, again, I'm not saying that COVID should, be, should have been ignored, Right. I think if you if you have uh, issues with your immune system, I think if you want to wear a mask, you should wear a mask. I think you should wear an, an N95 mask, a powerful mask, not just a cloth mask, right? I, I, I am not the kind of person, if I see you in a mask, I'm not going to laugh. I don't know your health. You don't know my health. So I have no, I'm not one of these people that, that's going to judge someone because they wear a mask. Now, if you're in your car by yourself wearing a mask, I, I might have a few, a few things to say. Um, but you know, you're walking into Wegmans, it's flu and COVID season and RSV season. You want to wear a mask? Of course. I think you should. I think you should take your health into your own hands um, and not let anyone, you know, tell you, what are you doing wearing a mask? 
However, the way COVID was handled later on in 2020 in the continued influence that Anthony Fauci had over the Trump administration's dealing with COVID, personally, I think is is inexcusable, right? We were told that all masks work from Anthony Fauci, even though right before COVID, he said, well, no, a mask isn't going to do anything. So we we learned that that wasn't true. Uh, Anthony Fauci didn't want to admit that this was gain-of-function Uh, from a lab in China, which more and more it looks like it was. Um, But he was still able to have control of the COVID uh, reaction from the Trump administration. So much so where Trump gave him a medal in January after, you know, right, right before he left the White House. I think that was Ron DeSantis' best campaign strategy was to talk about how Trump failed at draining the swamp and how his COVID policies were really set up by Anthony Fauci. And again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blame anyone. Of course, things should have been in place for COVID. All right, right. There should have been uh, the information should have been out there. Right, the people who were the most susceptible, the people who were most likely to get sick from it. I mean, the information should have been out there. And if you want to protect yourself, obviously protect yourself. If you know, if you are, if you have autoimmune issues, yeah, you should have the most powerful mask, not just you know, the thing from Walgreens that you get a hundred in a box for five bucks. You need a powerful N95 mask. We didn't get those kinds of. Um, we didn't get that from the state of New York. We didn't get that from Anthony Fauci. And I just, uh, I, I'm surprised that DeSantis did not focus on that. Also, the random checks that the Trump administration sent out to everybody, just blindly sending money to people, um, kind of reminds me of the final years of the Bush administration when the Bush administration would just blindly um, use government money to bail out corporations. Um, you know, Trump did, I, I thought that was an awful move. By the former president, just giving money to people, um, you know, blindly throwing money around. But again, that's on me. I think these are things that DeSantis could have focused on. And I think he failed from the beginning because he did start bringing it up as we got closer to Iowa. But if you don't, if you don't start with the heavy hitting stuff, people are going to ignore you. And we saw that early on with DeSantis. He did not, st- he did not start with the heavy-hitting stuff, and I think that's why his campaign failed. I I do think he could have run a better campaign, a more challenging campaign. He was too scared to come out out, uh, heavy-hitting. I mean, he, from day one, should have said, here's why I'm running for president, because the former president who's running against me failed to do this, this, and this. He didn't do that, and he waited way too long to do that, and I think that's why his campaign didn't make it to New Hampshire. I'd like to know what you think. 803-0930, star 930. I know, we're, we're talking, we, we, we spent 90 minutes dissecting the Bills loss. Let's spend 14 minutes dissecting the DeSantis campaign. And what went wrong? And did he ruin his chances at 2028? And also, now it's pretty clear that Donald Trump's going to win the GOP. Do you think it's going to be Trump-Biden in 2024? 
Because, you know, Carl Calabrese has been saying this for a long time, and I agree with Carl Calabrese. I, I, I don't think Joe Biden's going to end up being the, nominate, the nominee. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know how they're going to change it. But the more and more you see of Joe Biden, uh, I mean, it just it seems every week we're talking about him saying the wrong thing, him addressing the wrong person. Your thoughts, 803-0930, starting at 30. And Nikki Haley is still in the, in the race, and she's within 15 of Trump in New Hampshire. Is Nikki Haley's comments on age making you rethink 2024? Because you look at Biden and Trump, Biden seems old. Trump is still just yelling and and everything as he was four years ago and eight years ago. But age can hit you pretty quickly. I mean, I think we've all seen it in our lives where age has hit somebody quickly. So if you're not voting for Biden because of his age, Donald Trump cannot use Biden's age as a campaign strategy. They're not that far away in age. So what do you think about Nikki Haley talking about the age of Trump and Biden? 803-0930, star 930. Like I said, I don't like to spend a lot of time on politics, but this is a pretty big story that uh, came out right before the Bills game yesterday. And I'd be interested in what you think of the DeSantis campaign and why it never caught on. I think DeSantis is still a very popular figure in the GOP. I think he's a very important figure in the GOP. I mean, look what he did in Florida. He, was, he went from winning by less than a percentage point to making I – mean, Florida is pretty much a red state now. It is no longer that purple state. Florida and Ohio have become pretty red states. 803-0930, star 930. And I also, looking forward, now who does Trump pick as his VP? As his VP? I don't think it's the obvious choice. I think some people are making some are making some suggestions that would sink the Trump campaign. And I will explain to you why. Also, should Joe Biden, if he is the nominee, should Joe Biden, I've heard this from Democrats, not from Republicans, I've heard from Democrats, the thought that Joe Biden might select a different VP. I can't see that as being a popular um, amongst a majority of Democrats, but it's something to throw out there. Beamer in for Bowerly. So as I was saying, I um, with Donald Trump now pretty clearly going to win the uh, GOP uh, nomination, who should his VP pick be? And I don't think it should be the obvious pick. Like a lot of people are, are, are just listing off people who are, you know, just pretty much another version of, of Trump. I think Trump should go with a moderate conservative as his VP. Like your VP pick is usually to extend your reach. Remember, 2016, he picked Mike Pence because he wasn't seen as conservative enough. And that's why he went with Mike Pence. I really think Donald Trump should go with a moderate conservative and maybe even someone he doesn't get along with. Like, I think Brian Kemp would be the perfect VP pick for Trump. He is seen as a more moderate conservative. Now, I understand him and Trump don't like each other. Uh, but Kemp could get those moderate conservatives who might just not vote in November. He could also get independence, as we've seen by his elections in Georgia. 
I think that's a pretty obvious choice. You know, I mean, you you look in the my dad and I were talking about this yesterday. You look at presidents in the past. I mean, there there have been presidents and vice presidents who didn't particularly get along. You know, it's just like when you go vote, you're not voting for your best friend. You're voting for the person you think will put the country in in good shape. Well, if you're going to be the president, you do have to work with people who don't like you. I mean, that's just the real world. And I think Trump would be I, I think it would be a disastrous decision for Trump to pick someone who's just him, but somebody else. Like, as much as I like Ron DeSantis, I don't think Ron DeSantis would be a good VP pick because DeSantis is not going to expand your reach. Brian Kemp could expand your reach. He could bring in the independents, the moderate conservatives who aren't, com- who aren't completely comfortable voting for Trump. They exist. I know a lot of people say, well, forget them. No, you can't forget them. You, gotta want, you, you want to try to actually get moderate Democrats. Remember, Trump won in 2016 because he was able to bring moderate Democrats and independents in. He failed to do that in 2020. Again, I think he could really sink his campaign if he doesn't go with the right, if he goes with another, you know, a Trump Jr. And I don't mean Donald Trump Jr. I mean someone who's like Trump but just like a Vivek, right? Nothing against Vivek, but he really, I mean, he's just a younger Trump. I think Donald Trump, I think the VP pick needs to be someone more moderate, needs to be an independent, a more independent conservative. 803-0930, start 930. Ron and Chief Ron, thanks for hanging on. Hi, how are you? Um, can I stay on speaker because it's easier for me to hear or you, can I just turn off the speaker? You sound great the way you are, Ron. Okay, thank you. Um, what I'd like to say is I kind of disagree with you and his VP pick. I would like to see, uh, well, first of all, I'm a registered Democrat, um, but I do not vote party ever. I vote for the person. Most of my votes in the last election were on the conservative line, which I have been voting more and more on. Um, I would like to see Trump pick Abbott from Texas as a running mate. The southern states with this border crisis are getting killed. I think that would really, that might even wrap up uh, Arizona. I would think it would even wrap up Nevada. And California now is at wit's end. I wouldn't be surprised if he would make a better showing in California having someone like Abbott as his running mate. You know, Ron, I don't think Abbott is a bad choice at all. And you're right, because that is what you need to highlight is the uh, crisis at the southern border. Abbott would be the person to do it. And you're right. You get someone like an Abbott, I think that really helps you bring Arizona back into the Trump camp. I, I really do, because like I said, those poor people down there, they're getting inundated. We got, what, 600, and we're complaining, but they get it by the thousands. And um, my wife and I talk about the border crisis. I would not be um, very popular with the people in my solution for the border. Unfortunately, um, I have said that maybe we have to take a more aggressive approach. You're being invaded illegally. They're cutting through barbed wire. They're cutting through the wall itself to come over here. Unfortunately, Ryan Chituaga, I think I know. I think I know where you're going. I, I, I think we just need to defend the border, right? I think that's what we need to do. We need to defend the border, and you know, finishing the wall would be. A start of that, but also putting money into border patrol. And, and, and it also starts with the message. 
Right now, the message is, come on in. You have all these sanctuary cities. Come on in. The message should be, there's a process. You do it legally, or you stay the heck out. That's the process that we should that, that should be the message that should be going out there. But the message is now, hey, come on in. The message now is, come on in, because you have people in this country who despise Trump so much that, they, that everything they stand for needs to be 180 of what Trump stands for. There never used to be this disagreement on illegal immigration until Trump brought it up. And now you have half the country who cannot stand Trump, can't stand Donald Trump. So they have to be like, oh, what's wrong with letting people into the country undocumented? There's a lot of problems. And if you missed State Senator Rob Ort, the minority leader in the state Senate yesterday on Hardline, I think he did a good job of, uh, of, of illustrating that. And you can go listen to that on demand at WBEN.com and on the Odyssey app. But uh, Abbott wouldn't be a bad choice. I, I do think that you need to go someone more moderate. Again, it's different than 2016. 2016, Trump had the moderate Democrats. He had the independents. Right now, he doesn't have the moderate Democrats that he had in 2016. And I think your VP pick could bring some of those people in. I don't think that's, cra- that's, cr- that, that's a completely crazy thing. You, you don't want uh, a, a Trump ticket with two very like people. You need the VP to bring someone else in, right, to bring other voters in. 803 star 930. Rob was a Democrat. I'm glad he called in. I'd like to hear from you. I don't care what your party affiliation is. 803 star 930. Where did DeSantis go wrong? Who would you pick as the Trump VP pick? And Joe Biden, is he actually going to be the nominee in November? 803 star 930. It's Beamer in for Bowerly back after this. Welcome back. It's Beamer in for Bowerly here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Thank you so much. Uh, for tuning in and not turning off when you hear my voice. Uh, we've got two hours down, two to go here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Uh, we talked about the bills, and believe me, that topic is still open, always is, if you want to uh, comment on your thoughts of the game yesterday and where to go from here. Uh, right now, focusing a little on the campaign 2024. Bum, bum, bum. And uh, Ron DeSantis dropped out. Uh, I think his campaign kind of limped into the into the campaign instead of should have gone with the heavy hitting topics right away. Didn't. Um, I think it cost him. But now it looks like it's going to be Trump versus Biden in November. Uh, I mean, I still think, like Carl Calabri says, I still think there's a chance Biden doesn't run. Um, but Trump versus Biden, who should Trump's vice president pick be? And uh, if you are on the other side of the political aisle uh, or, you know, you, you don't like anyone who's running, you know, how are you looking at this? And is there, is there someone that Donald Trump could pick to make you – I'm sorry – to make you more likely to vote for Trump? And is there someone that Democrats could run to make you more likely to vote for the Democratic ticket? 803-0930, star 930. I think that's a good question to ask. And also, where did DeSantis go wrong? Uh, like I said, I don't think he. Um, I think he came out of the the gate too weak. I think he should have started with the heavy hitters. You said you're going to drain the swamp. You didn't. You empowered Anthony Fauci. You handed. You just gave random checks to everybody during COVID. Um, again, I think it's a lot like what the Bush administration did in the final years of that administration, just bailing out companies with government money. Eight oh three oh nine thirty star nine thirty. Tom is in Lackawanna. Tom, thanks for hanging on through the news. 
No problem. Always a pleasure, as I always tell you, up right up front, Joe. I like your open mindedness. If you're a well at your age, but you're you're younger than me, but you're not that young. But <laughs> and especially about politics, I like your being open, and you can play the middle of the field there, and and, and you know, even if somebody disagrees with you. I appreciate that, Tom. Where do you stand on this uh, 2024 uh, election? Well, as I told the screener, Bowerly did this a while back. Number one, they're both too old as far as I'm concerned. But then again, uh, you look at what went on in the administrations. I mean, Biden is the lesser evil to me. I, I lean left. I'm independent, but I do lean left as far as presidents go. Like your first caller said, I try to vote for the person. But as far as presidents, I never really voted for the person. It was always pretty much the party. I don't like. I go back to Watergate. I remember my father was. He liked Nixon, and what he said about Nixon back then was, "They all do it. He got caught." <laughs> but I go back to Watergate, and I also didn't like the uh, the Republican Party when I turned to voting age back then. They were trying to deport of all people John Lennon, and uh, like a lot of people, I never got over that with the Republican Party as far as presidential went. Well, that's uh, that's that's far before uh, before anything I can comment on, Tom. But you you you, said, you, you did mention that you know they're, they're both pretty old. Is there anything now? You you also said that you don't vote Republican. But is there anyone on the Republican side that would have made you maybe think twice before going to the ballot? It would have to be uh, somebody out of the. I tell you, somebody that. Uh, pretty much a saint. I, you know, I'm just being facetious here, but um, anybody that, that's in the running, DeSantis, forget it. I mean, he was too weak, too weak to even be run in the first place. He didn't do anything as, half as strong as Nikki Haley, if that's saying anything. Uh, you know, she did a lot more as far as I can see on YouTube or whatever, as far as campaigning. Uh, but anyone that, as far as the Republicans go, that would that would really it would have to be a stretch for me or even me to think about voting for Trump. I can't see how Trump is even allowed to run by the party with everything that's going on. I mean, he hasn't been convicted yet, fine, but it's too much baggage. Uh, Biden will beat him no matter what the age thing with both of them, uh, the way it's going right now. Uh, but the scary part is here. Democrats, people think about, oh, my gosh, uh, Kamala Harris being president. Well, look at if Trump picks that woman from New York. Um, what's her name, Elise? Elise Stefanik. And believe me, he, he very well could. I mean, I could say, well, he's not that stupid. But then again, he's going for his voter base. And she thinks and talks just like he does. But so see, that's and, and Tom, that's what I'm saying. That's the problem. Number one, he's not going to win New York. So picking someone from New York would, would not help the campaign. And I agree with you. I mean, she is she is right along with him. Um, you know, I, I you have to find someone who's a moderate conservative. I, that's why I think Brian Kemp would be a great VP choice. Now, Tom, you said no matter what, you think Biden's going to beat Trump. Do you, do you say that with 100 percent? Certainty, or would you oh, no. feel more comfortable if the Democrats ran someone who's not Joe Biden? Well, I saw something last night on YouTube. There's a guy from, uh, I forgot who, I can't even, he has a common name. I can't even think of his name, but it's the first I ever heard of him. <laughs> but um, there's no one that strong yet, unless somebody comes like Obama, that sort of came out of the clear blue. Uh, you know, unless there's somebody that comes out of that strong, I can't see them nominating anybody else unless anything can happen in the meantime at Biden's age, at Trump's age. You know, anything could happen. Yeah. Do you think uh, do you but, think you know, do you think Biden should pick a different VP? Would that make you feel more comfortable? Um, it wouldn't make me feel more comfortable. I have no, you know, if Kamala Harris, I mean, she has experience now. Uh, 
you know, I really I could care less. If so, I mean, if something did happen with Biden and she became president, oh, well, she has experience now and she's, you know, hey, uh, wouldn't be my pick to vote probably right off the first as the first one if she was running as president. But then again, she has experience. You think I mean, you talk about 2016 that Trump had some Democrats. OK, but you know why? And this goes back to what we're talking about here. You know why so many did back then, even Democrats go for Trump? They didn't want a woman in there and they didn't want that woman in there. I, I think Hillary Clinton was an awful candidate. I, 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 I think that the, it was the perfect storm to that Trump won that election. I, I think anyone else running for the for the Democrats in 2016 probably defeat Trump. But I also think that if anyone's going to lose to Trump, it's going to be Biden after four years of being president. Uh, again, I, 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 I think it's a toss up right now. I, I wouldn't if FanDuel was giving me odds, I, w- I wouldn't lay a bet on it, Tom, uh, no matter what. Um, you got a toss up because, like I said, between now and then, with Trump, everything that's going on with Trump's problems and Biden's age, and they're both both of their age, anything could happen between now and then. But as it sits right now, yeah, I do think Biden would beat Trump as it is right now. Tom, I I, I, I love having this conversation. I do have to ask you this question. We've probably talked about this in the past, but you know, the, the border is an issue, and Democrats are starting to talk about it. Where do you stand on that on the issue at the southern border? Well, I, I go back to 30 years. I know a bar owner that, that left his bar and, and to, to go down there to get hired as a border patrol. They seem to be going gung-ho and hiring people for border patrol. I don't ever know what happened, why that fell off. It seemed to have fallen off. Uh, you know, the wall thing, whether that's finished or not would work. Who knows? It probably wouldn't hurt. Uh, but, yeah, it's got, definitely has to be addressed by whoever wins. It's got to be definitely addressed. Yeah, Tom. Always great talking with you, man. I, you know, I, I appreciate the the opposing uh, viewpoint and the the fact that we can have a civil conversation. Uh, I wish more people were like this. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Joe. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Tom. Tom and Lackawanna. He he is he is in in the Biden camp, um, but he mentions you know both have age right. They're they're up there in age, and um, I mean I I, I think I mean, when's the last election you you point to and don't say it's the lesser of two evils, right? I mean that's. And it's kind of it, – we are at a sad part in, point in politics because – and this is, hey, I, I've said this. I voted for Trump in 2016. I voted for Trump in 2020. Uh, if he's the nominee, uh, I, I cannot see myself ever voting for Joe Biden. So I, I would vote for, for Trump in 2024. I also don't believe that Joe Biden and Donald Trump are the two best candidates in the United States of America. I mean, it's a sad part in politics where – you just have people who don't want to run for president. I mean, you have people who don't want to be involved in politics. Um, I can understand. I would not. You couldn't pay me to be in politics. Right. Mark Polencars makes six figures. It'd be pretty nice. I, I, I wouldn't want to be county executive. That's middle management anyway. But I wouldn't want to be county executive. I wouldn't want to be in the state Senate. That, not that I could even do it. And I wouldn't want to ruin my 5-0 and o perfect record in elections. I mean, come on. Who else has a record that perfect? It is Joe Beamer in for Tom Bowerly here on News Radio 930 WBEN. And someone on the uh, on the text board said, what about uh, Tulsi Gabbard? I-, I think Tulsi Gabbard would be a great pick for Trump. Now, again, they're not going to see eye to eye on many thi- on everything, right? Um, but I do think Tulsi Gabbard could bring in, again, Trump needs independence, and moderate Democrats. That's what made his campaign in 2016. And and don't get me wrong. I do think that President Biden has lost support 
while in the White House. I do believe that. However, it's not... You notice, people... Trump supporters are excited about Donald Trump. Biden supporters are not excited about Joe Biden. They can't stand Trump. That's what brings people to the polls. And again, that's a problem for the Republican Party. I don't think Ron DeSantis would bring people to the polls for Biden. Like, no one brings Democrats to the polls better than Donald Trump. That is a problem the Republican Party is going to have to deal with. And I think how you kind of deal with that issue is you get a VP who's not Donald Trump. You get a VP who's not like Donald Trump. I think Tulsi Gabbard, again, I was never not going to vote for Trump in 2020, even though I thought he botched um, some some parts with COVID. I, I didn't like the way his administration handled certain parts of COVID. Um, I was never not going to vote for him. But I thought Tulsi Gabbard was the most reasonable candidate during that Democratic primary. And I'm, as Tom and Lackawanna said, I'm a pretty open-minded person. I am a conservative. I, I, I lean, I, I would say I'm moderate right. Um, you know, I, I, again, I voted in local elections across party lines, but presidential and, and congressional elections, I've never not voted Republican. Um, doesn't mean I haven't considered it. Doesn't mean I haven't studied the candidates because I think you always should. I don't think you should just go right down party lines without knowing who you're voting for. Um, however, I thought I thought Tulsi Gabbard was the best of the candidates in 2020 on the Democratic side. Again, I was never not going to vote for Trump. Um, I, I thought there were some positives of the Trump administration. COVID was not one of them. I, I thought the way he handled COVID. Um, I agree with Ron DeSantis there, and I think I think it should be criti- people should be critical of it. And again, uh, he didn't he didn't drain the swamp. I mean, here's a guy who his whole campaign was I'm going to go in there and drain the swamp, and then he campaigns for Mitt Romney. He campaigns for Mitch McConnell. Are you that's draining the swamp? He puts Christopher Ray in, into the FBI office. This guy's draining the swamp. Chris Christie's in his in his administration. So again, that's in the past. Um, I, but to the texter's point, I think Tulsi Gabbard would be a, fan, a phenomenal VP pick for former President Trump. Will he go in that direction? I'm not sure. But I do think it needs to be someone who is moderate. Like a Brian, I, I keep on going back to Brian Kemp because that would win you Georgia, which you need. We learned that in 2020. That would win you Georgia. And it would give you the, – the, the Republican Party is going to have two issues. Number one – no one gets a Democrat to the polls like Donald Trump. And number two, you're going to have moderate Republicans who aren't going to go vote. If you put someone more moderate, someone who is perceived as more level-headed, I do think you bring people to the polls to vote for Trump. But again, I, I also think there are things from this Biden administration that's going to push people to vote for Trump. I think you're going to have people, and we've seen... Uh, I think you're going to have people who, who in 2020 would say they would never vote for Donald Trump. And I think there are things that have happened in this administration that people will hold their nose, whatever, and, and, and vote for Trump. They won't tell anyone, but they'll vote for Trump. I definitely think you would, you'll see that after this three years. Is it enough, though? I don't think so. I think Trump needs to do, I think Trump needs to do some things to get some of that base back from 2016. He's got his base. He needs to extend his, the base. He's got the base. They're not going anywhere. We've seen that. We saw that in the primaries. The base is not going anywhere. So he needs to stop making his base happy. Here are the things I think Donald Trump needs to stop doing. Stop playing the victim, okay? We all know 
about your court cases. We all, we all see what's going on. Stop making it about you. Talk about 2016 to 2019. Talk about the economy when you were president. Talk about the failures of this administration. Talk about illegal immigration. That's what you have to do. Stop playing the victim. That's turning a lot of people off. Again, not his base, but you need more than the base, the Trump base, to win the White House. You have to be able to cancel out the people who are going to the polls just because they don't like you. Again, I'll say it again. Joe Biden doesn't get anyone excited. There's no one out there going, I love Joe Biden. They hate Donald Trump, and that's why they're going to the polls. You need to do something to counter that. That's what the VP pick should be. And believe me, this is something we'll definitely uh, dissect on Hardline um, in the coming months. 803 star 930 uh, Frank at Amherst, I wanted to give you more time. That's why I didn't go to you uh, when you called in with two minutes left in the segment. Or five minutes. I just saw it. That's why. Uh, Frank, we'll go to you after the break, I promise. 803 star 930 get on board. It's Beamer in for Bowerly here on News Radio 930 WBEN. right now I always talk about how Michael McDonald's Sweet Freedom is the song I mean I don't care if you're at a plaza a mall a Chili's an Applebee's that song is on right that's where you hear that song nine times out of ten you hear the song Sweet Freedom by Michael McDonald at a mall a plaza or a Chili's okay seems like the kind of thing you'd hear when you're walking out of like a generic American restaurant Or like, you know, the Aldi on transit, okay? Aldi on transit. I hear Sweet Freedom in that plaza at least once a week, right? Because my gym's in that plaza. That plaza plays Sweet Freedom once a week. This is a close second to most played song on Muzak at malls, plazas, and Chili's. That song played all the time at the Eastern Hills Mall. I miss it. I miss the Eastern Hills Mall. I realized they weren't making any money. Right, And this new plan, I think, is going to be awesome once it's done. But I miss walking around the Eastern Hills Mall and hearing that song. 
That was an Eastern Hills uh, classic right there. 803-0930, star 930. Let's go to Frank in Amherst to, to bring this debate back up. Frank, thanks for calling in. The uh, question would be, do you think if you are Michael McDonald walking around in Applebee's or a mall and you hear your own <laughs> song and you're sick of it, do you leave and tell the waitress, I got to go, just do takeout? Yeah, yeah probably. Probably. Right, I, I, you can find out about that and get back to me, Joe. My, my, Michael McDonald, I, I, I love the song Sweet Freedom, but Michael McDonald might be a little, a little sick of it. I, I, that's what I'm going to say. Uh, this uh, stadium thing with the dome, the presumptive thinking was that having, obviously, a home game is an advantage. Uh, we learned about that a little bit yesterday. And then the other thing was that having it be, you know, where the weather is what it is and maybe the home team is, is more accustomed to that. Uh, yesterday, my impression is just uh, somebody who's not really into the football thing, as you are, um, the other team responded better to the weather. Uh, I didn't. I'm not sure. I did not listen to your show, and I'm actually not even listening now. Just on the old air on the call. Uh, how do you think that. the Bills did with respect to their handling the weather relative to the other team, uh, and was that a factor? Because I noticed a few plays, Jim. Just quickly here, there were like two to three plays. I saw two catches that were missed, and if they would have gotten those, my goodness, that would have uh, changed everything. Obviously, the kick that was missed. And then um, I didn't see that play, but there was that thing where they, they pulled a, a trick play earlier yeah. in, in the thing. I didn't see that. I'm going to have to look that up at some point. Awful call. Um, yeah, so three or four plays that were key. But I, I noticed that the Bills just did not seem to do well in the open weather. And, boy, that's that's uh, pointing towards, boy, wouldn't a dome. I, I The Bills, no doubt the Bills would have won, and I'm not supportive of the Bills, and they can leave any day they want, but they would have won yesterday if it was an indoor arena. Uh, I, I think Stefan Diggs still drops that ball, and I think Bass still misses that kick. The wind was not a factor when Bass As someone who was standing right there, the wind was not a factor when Bass kicked that field goal, Frank. I, I understand where you're coming from, right. but I – um. I, I don't I, – I just – Hey, can I ask you what it, you know on this? It's, a, it's, a min, it's something – Kansas City gets in their head in the playoffs. I don't know what it is, but it's something in their heads that they cannot get past this team. I Boy, I, I'd like to agree with you, Joe, but I really think that the weather was affecting both teams. And obviously, I, I, I'm going to say that they both – nobody's going to respond well to playing football in the cold like that. But I, I think one of the teams just had a little bit better response. But, hey, can I ask you about that lining up of the kick? Yeah. Who determines whether the kick's going to come like dead on straight or crooked? Do they just does the does the referee just randomly just decide how he's going to line it up, or does it is it where the ball landed with the last guy holding the ball? Yeah. So the last play, if the last play, you know, say it was a pass, an outlet pass towards the sideline, then it would be toward the hash of that sideline. Or sometimes you'll see you'll see a run play down the middle just to set up a field goal down the middle. So it's where the last play ended. Because that was a cockeyed angle that that guy, he's right-footed, and he's more to the right. So he had to kick it more to the left. And now, you know, I don't know, stand up where you are, everybody, and see if you can actually kick with your right foot to the left, crossing over in front of your other leg. I'm doing it right now, and it's a little screwy to take your right leg and go across your left thing. So he's kicking a ball that far. So, you know, that placement of the ball, that was – that was a little cockeyed, I think, for him. Not making—I I don't know if 
what what to say about his his ability or his talent, but um, that that seemed to be a factor. Now, Frank, let me ask you why 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 aren't you uh, why would you be okay if the Bills left? Don't you think they're uh, I, we've had this conversation a million times, but I mean, don't you like the the, the now, town? See, I was co- behaving. I didn't bring up anything controversial, but it's okay. I could respond. No, but you to said you. you said they could you said they could leave any day if it was if, that you oh, wouldn't the care. money. The money. I don't like that they ask. I don't like people who don't need the money to ask for money when we live in a poor community that needs help. We have tons of people who would like to buy a home, have a home, start a business, and we could give them ten to $35,000 to buy a home, get an old home and fix it up, start a business. Obviously, most businesses fail, but we might end up with a 20 to 30% success rate there, and we'll have 30% more businesses for little people. They're going to buy trucks and supplies and things that go with it and so on. We should be taking $850 million and helping out our own people, not these people. But that, that's, you asked me to t- say but don't, that. But don't, don't you – don't you like? I mean, I, I again. I we've had this discussion a million times. I, I, I think the economic benefit. I mean, Buffalo would be Rochester if it weren't for the Bills. I truly believe that. Um, but also, I mean, the way it, it's the one thing that unites us in a time of of fierce division. We have the Bills that unite Western New York. I think there's something to be said about that. Uh. I I agree with you that there are people who have a common interest. Uh, I like jazz music, and I sometimes run into other people who like jazz music, and sometimes some of the same performers. But uh, um, in the sports thing, there's uh, I, I think uh, the interest from the overall population in the area in the Buffalo Bills is not what it is that it's stated that these people use to justify these huge expenditures. There is interest Mm -hmm. out there, but there are huge numbers of people. And I've had these things where I called before, didn't want to talk about it today, but you're asking me. So let's, you know, I'm sorry, Frank. And no, that's okay. I'm fine with it. I'm okay with it. I've had calls before where people called up on another show that I called here and, and they supported what I said. They were like, Oh, I like to watch the bills. I don't mind having a little gathering. I might even go someplace, but if they weren't here, I'd be okay with that. I, I might still buy a sweatshirt from the NFL for another team, or I might still go, but you know, if the team wasn't here and they said, I really would prefer that uh, tax dollars went to for other things than to support the bill. So I, I think that the interest overall is way overstated. Mm. Uh, there is interest. There's just that, hey, if you, if you built a giant flying saucer stadium and put people like me who like jazz music and piano players and sax players of jazz music and you put us in a bowl and there were enough of us, they'd be like, what are, what are those 40,000, 50,000 people doing in that circle over there? It'd be like, oh, they're listening to jazz music. And then you could say, oh, there's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people who do that. Those might be the only forty to 45,000 people who really are into it. And I think that there's a certain number of people who are into these Buffalo Bills. And then there's the rest of us who say, if it's here, it's here, it's entertainment, it's entertainment, but it doesn't need to be supported with these exorbitant tax dollars in a poor community that has so many other needs. And there are people, absolutely, I know, I know, that, I know that rich people who already have some success and already have stuff, they're like, I don't want to help those people that way. There's people who could buy an old house 
and fix it up. And what does that do for the economy, things that they buy? And it increases the tax base. And they have a home. And people who have homes, they do other things that further our society. And people who start businesses further society. And we would have a whole bunch of little businesses that could be started instead of just one giant business run by a billionaire who doesn't even live in Buffalo and he comes in once in a while and he has a few overpaid employees. Maybe they buy a couple cars. Most of those guys from the Buffalo Bills never live in Buffalo. They rent apartments or condos and then they leave for the summer, go back where they ever were, and um, unless they marry somebody from the area. Frank, let me ask you this: Let me. Are you this? Um, are you? Are you this vocal about you know the the billion dollar cap that the state wants to put on the thirty three? That's a billion dollars, and people in the people in the neighborhood don't support it. That money could go towards business and whatnot. It's not just the bills that are taking state money. And, and I mean, how about all the professional teams in New York City as well? Well, let me give you a better one than even that. But I I I I, I agree with those people who are saying that there's uh, uh, a, a big uh, a big thinking that needs to go on there. That that's not ready to to be followed through on, I don't think. But that uh, business with New York State, and you can blame Como for that, big liberal Democrat that I am, criticizing him. Okay, He got involved with that Elon Musk with that property over there on South Park and South Buffalo for the Tesla, and we, what do we have to show for that? They don't even make the things there that they were supposed to make. They're making things that are going other places, I guess, and there's uh, nonstop labor and employment complaints coming out of there from people who either get mistreated or they get fired when they speak up to tell somebody what's going on there and uh, what do we have to show for that. And then we've got people who went to jail for that whole uh, thing with uh, the Buffalo Billion. Yeah, the Buffalo Billion. Hey, the Frank, thing. we're up against traffic, but I appreciate the call. Always uh, always insightful. I appreciate the call, Frank, in Amherst. 803-0930, start nine thirty. I have a few things to say to what Frank said. Uh, it's, it's Beamer in for Bowerly here on News Radio 930 WBEN. All right. Again, I, I want to go to Frank's, to, to, to Frank's point. And... Yeah, I agree. There are people in Western New York who aren't football fans. I think you're missing out. Um, but there are. There are people in Western New York who don't like football. There are people listening to the show right now who are saying, Joe, please don't go back to the football discussion. But again, I'm going to say I think a majority of people in this town support the Bills, the Sabres. Um, I, I, again, and you can just look at – there, I said I said again. Sorry. You can look at the businesses. I mean, the amount of businesses that close early when the Bills are playing a night game or before a playoff game. I, I think you've. I think it's over 50%, if Frank's still listening. Well, he wasn't even listening to begin with. But I think it's over 50%. I do. I, I think over 50% of people in Western New York um, are Bills fans. And, and that stretches out to Rochester, to the Southern Tier, um, you know, it's even northern parts of northern Pennsylvania. You know, I think Erie, Pennsylvania is the coolest place to watch a football game. You go to Primanti Brothers in Erie, and you have a core, you know, thirds. You have the, the bar cut in the thirds. You have a third of the people rooting for Cleveland, a third rooting for Pittsburgh, and a third rooting for the Bills. I think that's an awesome, awesome experience to go watch a, watch a game there. But, I mean, the Bills, you talk about the region. You talk about this part of New York State. The Bills have their support, and I will go back to, if it weren't for the Bills, Buffalo would be Rochester. And that's no offense to the great people in Rochester, I'm just saying. If it weren't for the Buffalo Bills, Buffalo wouldn't be Buffalo. You might like it or not. You might hate the NFL. Buffalo is on the map in 2024 because of the Buffalo Bills. And you can debate me all you want on that. I don't think, you, I don't think there's a good argument against what I'm saying. Buffalo, New York is Buffalo because of the Bills. If the Bills were in Rochester, Rochester would be Buffalo. 
It's as simple as that. And the money that the Buffalo Bills bring into the region, the businesses that thrive. Every year on the playoffs, we do a story about businesses thriving. I mean, we, the, the, all the amazing pizzerias we have in Western New York, the money that comes in when the Bills are playing, not just a home game, when the Bills are playing, the stores that sell Bills merchandise, the uh, creators that you know create Buffalo football merchandise and sell it. The Bills are a huge economic drive for Western New York. And you want to talk about starting small businesses, Frank. I mean, the, the amount of small businesses that started around the Buffalo Bills or the amount of small businesses that thrive when the Bills are playing you would definitely see with that economic impact lost, it would be a huge blow to a lot of businesses in Western New York. It would be. It would be a huge blow to pizzerias in Western New York. So, I, I mean, I'm not the kind of person who, you know, is, is all for the government throwing money at people. But I, I'm also, hey, you're, you're going to throw my, our money at Madison Square Garden, our money at City Field. I'm, I'm, I'm a diehard Mets fan, Right. The state helped out City Field. They helped out Yankee Stadium, Barclays Center, MSG. I mean, yearly, MSG gets updates to stay up to date. Get that? Updates to stay up to date. Um, So you know what? It's about time the state focused on the only NFL team that plays in New York State. And that money will be brought into into Western New York. There's a, a social media influencer from Florida who I follow. And he and his son came up for the Bills game. On uh, uh, yesterday, the amount of people that come here, when the media comes here, the people they bring, the hotel rooms they stay in, the restaurants they eat at, like the economic impact of the Buffalo Bills is not overstated. Again, to Frank's point, it's not overstated. You might not like the Bills. You might not like football, right? You might have been watching the Colombo Marathon on, and I love Colombo, but you might have been watching the Colombo Marathon yesterday and said the Bills. And again, that's your that's your. Uh, preference? I'm not judging you. You're probably laughing at the fact that, you know, all of us are in a crap mood because the Bills lost yesterday. But you can't deny the economic impact the Buffalo Bills have on Western New York. And I am I'm the last person to give a compliment to Mark Pullenkars or to Kathy Hochul. But it is important that the Buffalo Bills stay in Buffalo. That's all I have to say on that. But I, I'm sure this won't be the last time Frank and I have our, our, our back and forth, and I love that. But if you're going to be critical of the stadium, then you should be crit- as critical of the cap on the 33 that now seems to have less than half percent, uh, half, half percent, half of, the, half of the residents in the area support. And that's who should get the say. Kathy Hochul should not have the say on the cap on the 33. It should be the people who live there. And if they don't want it, the next words out of the governor's mouth shouldn't be, well, it's either this or you don't get the money. So if you're going to complain about the stadium and the money the bills get, then what about the governor's attitude toward the cap on the 33 where she says, I'm building this thing or you don't get the money, Western New York? Really? In my opinion, that's a lot more controversial than throwing some money at the bills to keep the economic impact in Western New York. 8030930 star930. Someone said, what's wrong with Rochester? They have a Costco. Oh. Priorities. We're back after this. Oh man. I've upset someone on the text board. Whatever will I do? 
Uh, it's Beamer in for Bowerly here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Here's the thing. If you're like really upset with something I said, a text message that didn't come in in the correct order, so I have to like piece it together, is uh, I don't get your point. Okay? I will go back to this. And I'm, not, I'm not reopening this conversation, but someone said, Joe, um, it was a rant about several things I said during the, during the show. But one thing is Trump doesn't need a Democrat as his running partner. Well, that, I never said that. I said he needs a moderate, like a Brian Kemp or a Tulsi Gabbard. Now, yes, I realize Tulsi Gabbard was a uh, Democrat. I believe she's uh, independent now. But I think that's what Donald Trump needs if he wants to. He needs to get more than just his base voting for him. That was my point. His VP needs to be someone that is perceived as level-headed and maybe someone he doesn't completely get along with. Your VP doesn't need to be your best friend. It needs to be someone that's going to help you expand your reach. That was the point of the text. So, sorry, texter, that I upset you with that comment. Um, As I said, it's Beamer in for Bowerly. Have you ever, this is going to sound like I'm setting up a joke that we can't say on WBEN, but I'm not. Have you ever taken a shower and felt dirtier after the shower? That happened to me this afternoon. So, worked out before the show and then went and took a shower. And I, I don't know what it was. I mean, there were four showers. I got into this one. I just felt, I can't wait till I can go home and take a shower in my own shower. Like, it was that bad. And nothing against, I, I love the place where I work out. I, I don't usually go to the, lo, to the location I went to today. I usually go to a different location. Um, but, man, I, did, I, I, I don't feel clean. I, I feel like I might have been cleaner if I just didn't shower at all and put my clothes on and sprayed a ton of cologne and walked in. Like I, I don't know what it was about that about that um I don't know what it was about that shower. I don't know if you ever have you ever felt that way? I, I I would guess it's mostly in public showers. You know, you just don't feel like it got the job done. I don't know what and I can't like put my finger on what it was. I just don't feel like it got I brought good soap. Brought you know, the soap I use at home. I don't know what it was. I just do not feel right now as we sit here, I feel like Either I smell or I'm just not as clean as if I would have taken a shower at home. I mean, there's been certain hotels I've stayed in where the shower was the same way, where I felt maybe I'd be cleaner if I just didn't take a shower. But I did because, as I've said, I I like to at least shower once every day, if not twice, right? I I don't want to come in one day and smell. I don't want to – because you know what? If you smell one day, right, people will think you smell all the time. You know, I, that's why I stopped wearing uh, flip-flops. I didn't want people to think that I was the stinky feet guy. Oh, there's Joe, and the stinky feet and flip-flops. I'm like, all right, I'll just wear shoes. Not that my feet always smell, but if they did, I, you know. So I like to take, I like to take you know, a, a one or two showers a day. I don't know these people that say, oh, it's recommended to only take three showers a week. I, I don't know what world you're living in. Not for me. I got to have at least one a day. But the one I took earlier did not take. I don't know what it was. I can't put my finger on it. But I definitely do not feel any cleaner after getting out of that shower. 803 930 star 930 is the number to get on if you'd like to join the show. Now, I was going to do the worst concert you've ever been to topic, 
Um, and we, we'll open that one up. But now I've done shows where I asked you, why do you have a pet rat? Or why do you have a pet snake? Right? We've, we've done these things. I can't stand snakes or rats or anything like that. But you know another animal I just don't get the allure of? And I'm sorry, I grew up having this animal. But I would never have it in my house. And that's a cat. I don't understand the allure of a cat. And I know, hey, some of my friends love cats, right? Uh, the, the great Sandy Beach has cats, right? I, 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 I know there's, there's a lot of cat fans listening to this show. Tom Bowerly's a cat fan. I, I get it. I, I, I understand it, is what I should say. I don't get it. Like, I don't understand the allure of cats. You know what I like about a dog? A dog is your best friend. A dog will be there for you when the world hates you. Right? Your dog is always there. Last night, I came home from the, uh, from the game, and I just needed to sit on the couch and kind of calm down. Right? I put an episode of Columbo on and, and calms down on the couch. My dog came running down the stairs, sat right next to me. Oh, it was great. I think he had to go to the bathroom. I think that's why he did that. But still, it was great. To, the dog is always there. They're always there to alert you when someone's at the door. They're there to greet you when you come home. They're always excited to see you. Cats. Maybe it was just the cats the Beamer family had growing up. But they didn't want to be around you most of the time. And they hated the company that came to your house. And they kicked their litter everywhere. And if they can't get to the litter box in time, they pee on the floor. And they, they scratch your furniture up. You can't have nice furniture when you have cats. Because they'll scratch it right up. The leather couch, ruined. I don't understand. I, I, I don't get the allure of cats. Tell, sell me on cats. I'm not telling you to tell me cats are better than dogs, right? I grew up with a house where we had cats and dogs. And don't get me wrong, I, I, I love those cats. When our cat, Ginger Snaps, died, I cried. That was the last cat I liked, though. When I was a kid. I can't, I, can't, I can't imagine me now having a cat. I can't imagine me not having a dog. Like, I think dogs are awesome. Dogs rule. But I could never imagine me having having a cat. What is it about cats? Why why do you like cats? 803 uh, Star 930. And then the worst concert you've ever attended. Now, the reason this is coming up today is because L King. Have you heard of L King? She's a country music uh, artist. She had a big uh, pop hit as well. But L King was performing at the Dolly Parton birthday celebration at the uh, Grand Old Opry. And she uh, had a few, uh, a few too many to drink. And she got on stage, didn't remember the words of the song she was singing. Now, she later said that she never knew the words of the song, that she was singing a, um, a, a Dolly Parton song from, from 2001. But the Grand Ole Opry has apologized for L. King's performance. Uh, L. King said on stage that uh, that she was blank hammered. Uh, as some say, she went off the rails. Faces backlash for a Dolly Parton tribute. 
Fans were saying, I want my money back. This is embarrassing. Now, obviously, we hope L. King is okay. We hope it's not an addiction issue, right? Obviously, that's you do have to think about that when you see something like this. Um, But some people are saying this is just an awful concert. And I want to know, have you ever been to just an awful concert where you're sitting there saying, I want my money back? 803-0930, Star 930 gets you on the show. We talk about great concerts. But there are times where either an artist just doesn't have it. I I think you, you will get a lot of time the end of a tour when an artist has been doing night after night after night. The quality might not be there as you were expecting when you bought the ticket. Now, I cannot think of a show that was so bad that I would say it was the worst concert I've ever been to. Um, I've been to some great concerts, you know? And I'm trying to think if there was one where it was just awful. Now, I have to say, I have seen artists do dumb things. Remember the old Thursday in the Square? Howie Day was performing. Howie Day had one hit at the time. It was called Collide. He sang it in the middle of his set. Well, that's the song that everyone was there for. So Howie Day sings Collide. Everyone starts leaving. He's still performing. He sang his one hit in the middle of the concert. Now, that was just kind of embarrassing. I felt bad for him. But what's the worst concert you've ever been to? And did you give the artist another chance when they came back to town to make up for that worst concert? 803-0930, Star 930. It is Beamer in for Bowerly here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Let's go to Willie in Wheatfield. Willie, what was the worst concert you've ever been to? Well, there, were, there was a couple. I, I One was definitely terrible, and the other one was a disappointment. I'd say the disappointment one first. It was, um, you know, first of all, I'd like to say I really like the Buffalo Philharmonic. I've seen them a bunch of times. They're really good. But uh, when the Who came to town the last time, they had the Buffalo Philharmonic back them up, and that's all it was. It's, it's like I just went to see the Buffalo Philharmonic. It, it was a total disappointment to go see the Who. I mean, I wanted to hear, I can't explain, you know, the kids are all right. You know, I can see for miles or, you know, I, I like I'm a boy, I'm a boy, but my mile won't admit it. I'm a boy, I'm a boy. And if I say I am, I get it. I mean, I wanted to hear that. I wanted to hear them. And it, and it was the Buffalo Philharmonic. And so that one I didn't like. But the other one, you know, you're talking about drunks. You know, I went to the Trelf, so that's a smaller venue. And Eric Burton was there. He was drunk, and, and it just sucked. It was just a terrible, terrible concert. So those were my two I can throw at you. Those were the two. Willie, appreciate the call. Um, yeah, I, again, I mean, if L. King has, an, uh, has a problem, uh, she definitely should go seek help, right? Um, but it could just be that she overdrank and then got on stage, which is pretty irresponsible. You know, now... I uh, I like the occasional adult beverage. Don't get me wrong, um, but I would never. If I call this performing, uh, some people might say, "Joe, you babble for four hours and it doesn't make any sense." Uh, I call this performing. Like I would never think of having an alcoholic beverage if I was to be on the air, right? I mean, that's just 
that's out of bounds. I'll, I can have one after work, but not while I'm working. I, and it's disappointing because you would assume that is her working, right? Her job is she's an artist. She's a singer. And to get to that point and then feel comfortable enough to go on stage, I don't know. To me, that's that's a bad, that's just a poor decision. Again, if it's an issue, she should definitely go get help. Um, but you hear this over and over again. Like L. King being on stage drunk is not the first time we've heard of an artist having too much to drink and then trying to put a concert on, right? There, there's a concert that people have mentioned to me, and uh, if you know what I'm talking about, give me a call, at the stadium years ago. I think Journey might have been involved, the Rolling Stones, and people say that it was just an awful concert. I think people say that maybe maybe drinks were involved, um, but it's like one of the worst concerts to happen in Buffalo. I forgot who was on that ticket, but I've heard that called in before. Uh, when we've talked about best concerts, people talk about uh, this. I think it was in the 70s, and people say it was just an awful show. Uh, 803-0930. Star 930 gets you on the show if you'd like to join. Uh, we're talking worst concerts. Also, cats, because cats are in the news. Um I had cats growing up, right? My my parents went through four cats while I lived at home. Uh, we also had dogs growing up. And dogs are great. Cats, they make you sneeze. Again, they kick their litter everywhere. And a lot of cats are just antisocial. Like I have, I, I like dogs because dogs want to be with you. I had a friend who had a cat. I thought he was making it up for the longest time because you would never see this cat when you went to his house. The cat would always just be hiding under a mattress under the bed in the in the downstairs bedroom. What kind of pet is that? If I wanted a pet that I would never see, I would just get a hamster. You know what I mean? Like, what's the point of having a cat if, well, where's your cat? You guys got a cat? Yeah, it's hiding in the bedroom. What? Like, you get a dog, you might be annoyed when the dog jumps all over you and tries to lick you, you know. But at least the dog's social. I mean, that's the whole point of having a pet. I've just known too many people where, oh, you got a cat. Yeah, it's around here somewhere. It doesn't like when people come over. What? And then there's also the issue of how do you make the room with the litter box not smell like the litter box? Right? I mean... Growing up, my parents had the litter box in the laundry room, and the laundry room at my parents' house smelled like cat litter. You know the smell I'm talking about. Smelled like... Uh... Now, to their, to their credit, it never spread throughout the house, but you went to the laundry room, it smelled like Tide, and what cats do in the litter box. I mean, that's... I... And I love those cats. Don't get me wrong, I love those cats. We had Ginger Snaps, we had Lucky, we had Noor, and we had Frank. Loved those cats. Don't want another one. Never want a cat again. I, I, want, I want dogs until the day I die. But I, 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 I am not on the cat train. But tell me, what is the allure of cats? Because there's a lot of cat fans out there. And I know a lot of cat fans are listening to this show. I've had people tell me why they love having pet snakes. I've had people call in and tell me why they like having pet rats. Why do you like the cat? What is it about the cat? Maybe it's because the cat's will scare the mice away. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I've told you why I like dogs. They alert you when someone's at the door. They're always there when you come home. They're excited to see you. Maybe sometimes too 
maybe sometimes too excited. Um, 803-0930, star 930. So, cats, hate them or love them, and worst concert you ever went to in Western New York. I guess we could also throw out there, uh, be nice. I don't want to tick anyone off. What's the worst concert venue in Western New York? Where's the worst place to see a concert in Western New York? 803-0930, star 930, back after this. Final segment, Beamer in for Bowerly here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Simple Plan just announced they're going to be uh, out on tour with Avril Lavigne on what's called the Greatest Hits Tour, Avril and Simple Plan. I mean, I'm starting to feel old. As Tom and Lackawanna said, Joe, you're young, but not that young. I mean, that song is 20 years old. Avril Lavigne, her first hit was over 20 years ago. Now you like you look at all these, uh, you know. As a kid, you see all these these artists from the '60s, '70s, and '80s touring. You're like, oh, you know, everyone, you know, going out to see the people from when they were when they were young. Now that's you know people my age. We're going out. You, know, you look at look at Darien Lake this this summer, right? Uh, Third Eye Blind with Yellow Card, Yellow Card, Ocean Avenue. They're gonna be at Darien Lake. That's you know, Third Eye Blind was big when I was a kid. Yellow Card had that big hit when I was in high school. Janet Jackson, Together Again. Together Again, that was a big hit when we first got MTV and Hornell. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, they were big in the 90s. We already mentioned Avril Lavigne. New Kids on the Block with Paula Abdul and DJ Jazzy Jeff. I guess uh, the Fresh Prince isn't joining DJ Jazzy Jeff this time. But, I mean, there's, there's, you know, they were big in the late 80s, early 90s. Creed, can you take me higher? They're going to be at Darien Lake. I mean, all these bands from when I was uh, younger, they're all they're doing the the reunion tours, the greatest hit tours. I'll tell you, I mean, some good shows at Darien Lake. This is not an advertisement for Darien Lake, but like Avril Lavigne's Simple Plan, I I want in. I want to go. I'm in. Let's go. Avril Lavigne had three really good albums. Simple Plan had two good albums. They had that song that I'm not sure I can repeat the lyrics to on, on the radio. But yeah, that's a, that's a look at summer. Now, um, we're asking two questions. We're asking about cats. I'm not a fan of cats, but there's a lot of, fan of ca- fans of cats out there. What makes you a fan of cats? Because cats are in the news. And then the worst concert you've ever been to. And be nice... 
But what's the worst venue for a uh, worst concert venue in Western New York? 8030930, Star930 gets you on the show. Now, this is a nice story. This is a nice story, and this is what I was talking about. I know there's a lot of cat, cat fans out there. I wanted to hear stuff like this. This is from a texter. Cats are dignified creatures. Some are social, some are not. I found a cat wandering into my yard. She's more like a dog. She chases butterflies, brings grasshoppers, drops them at my feet. She'll kill any mouse or rodent, but I feel I felt sorry for her. Uh, winter was coming, so I brought her in my house after talking uh, taking sorry, her to the vet. She had a microchip. The owners wanted her back. I gave her back. She came back to my house four hours later. She loves my grandchildren. She doesn't scratch anybody. And her name is Cookie. She's amazing. And I have another one who is not sociable at all, but still friendly, just doesn't care to see any people except for me. See? Now, the second cat is what I mostly know know cats for. When company's over, they're nowhere to be seen. But that other cat... Very friendly. It reminds me of my first cat. Ginger Snaps was a stray cat my parents brought in. Uh, but, you know, when, when Ginger wanted to go outside, my parents would, let, would let, uh, let her outside. And, unfortunately, she got into something she shouldn't have been into. And uh, it, ended up, it ended up killing her, which, you know, very sad. Um, but, yeah, sociable cat. That sounds like a very sociable cat. Also, obviously, she doesn't like her original owners. That's why she keeps running back uh, to the texter. You know? I mean... Sorry to the original owners, but obviously, obviously there's something that cat doesn't like at your house. That's why she keeps going back to the, uh, keeps going back to, to the uh, Texter's house. Uh, 803-0930, star 930. Also, someone says, uh, to put the two together, Cats was the worst Broadway show I ever saw. So boring. The only thing I know about um, the Cats, the Broadway show, is the Hey Arnold episode where Helga wants to see the wrestling show, but her dad reads the advertisement she was, the back of the advertisement, which was for Cats on Broadway, and takes her to Cats on Broadway because he thought that's what she wanted to see. Yes, 90s Nickelodeon, very memorable shows, as you can tell. Uh, that's That's my thought of Cats, the Broadway show, but this person says it was awful and it was boring. Uh, another person says on the text board, uh, got a few votes for people who don't like, who don't like cats either. Like I said, I think it's, I don't think you can kind of like cats, right? It's like dogs. I I think dogs are the same way. You have people who love dogs, people who would never have a, a dog. I think cats are the exact same way. You have people who love cats, right? They want a million cats in their house. And then you have people who just don't want cats at all. Want want nothing to do with cats. Don't want to go into a house with cats. And then you have people who want everything. You know, I, when we had a cat, we also had um, we had a fish tank, and we had, and one of our cats, I think it was our cat Lucky, would put his paw in the fish tank trying to get the fish. Now I I have to admit, as much as I don't like cats, I was very entertained by that. That was an in, it was entertaining to see him because the the tank was not on a big surface, so he kind of had to balance himself. And on one paw and get the other paw in the tank to kind of fish out the, uh, to fish. <laughs> um, but that, that was, but lucky also, if anyone else would come to the house, he'd run away. 
Or if you went, hey, lucky, you know, you try to uh, talk to him, he ran away from you. You know, he'd hiss at you if you got too close, scratch the furniture. It was more of a hassle than a pet, if you ask me. 803 0930, star 930. And then also talking about the worst concert uh, that you've been to. And the reason we're talking about the worst concert is because over the weekend, L. King had. Um, was doing it at a Dolly Parton uh, tribute performance at the Grand Ole Opry. And she got on stage, proclaimed that she was drunk, and missed the words of the song she was singing, and then yelled at the audience, and the crowd was not happy, a lot of people complaining. Now, first and foremost, I'm going to keep putting this disclaimer out there. Obviously, if L. King has a problem, she should go get help. I mean, anyone who has a problem who can't control, uh, can't regularly control their drinking. Um, but it makes you think. I mean, a lot of people are saying this was an awful performance. It was embarrassing. I want my money back. Have you ever been to a concert that left you wanting your money back? I, I have to say, um, thankfully, I can't think of a show that was so bad I would want my money back, right? I mean, I've been to free shows that were awesome. The late uh, Eddie Money performed at UB before a football game a few years ago. It was a great show. He put a great show on. If he was still alive, I'd go again. Um, so I, I, I've been very fortunate for shows I've paid for and for shows that I um, have got, been able to go for free. I, I, I can't complain about um about any of the concerts I've been to, and, and even recently, right? Um, I, I've seen some really good shows. Now, I did go to a stand-up uh, comic. This was years ago, probably a decade ago. I went to go see a stand-up comic, and I can't even remember the stand-up's name. That's how bad they were. Uh, and it was, I laughed more at the opening act than at the uh, at the headliner. It was just like, his jokes were not hitting at all. I love stand-up comedy, right? I miss the days of Comedy Central when Comedy Central all morning would just run 30-minute um, stand-up specials. It was great. I loved Comedy Central back then. Um, I, I love seeing stand-up, stand-up comedians. I'm happy to see that Jim Norton is coming to Buffalo. Uh, hopefully he puts the date out soon. But, you know, Jim Norton's coming to Buffalo. Mark Normand, who is probably my favorite comedian right now, I love stand-up comedy. I can't remember this person's name. Obviously, they didn't go anywhere after after bombing in Buffalo. Um, it, but it was uncomfortable. Like, at least at a concert, if you're at a big enough venue, right, and, and the band stinks, you don't have to. But when you have to, like, when you have seats and you're at a table up close the, near the stage and you have to make eye, you've made eye contact with this guy who's just bombing on stage, it's really... It, you and the audience are just as uncomfortable as the comic who's bombing. Like, and it wasn't an open mic. Like, I paid good money to see this comedian. I think I had heard them on Opie and Anthony, and that's why I wanted to go. And, I mean, just bomb after bomb. It was uncomfortable. So I've been very fortunate with concerts. I wish I could remember this person's name. I might have to go look it up. I can, I can picture the comic like they're right in front of me. And I went with a buddy from work. Oh, that's going to that's gonna bug me. That's going to really bug me that I can't think of the comic's name. But it was just, it was awful. It was uncomfortably awful. Like, 
so uncomfortable I didn't want to get up and leave because you were that close to the stage. You know what I mean? And you could tell that the comic was uncomfortable. People in the audience were uncomfortable. Like, he, he wasn't hitting with his pre-planned jokes, so he went to, uh, to crowd work, and it was just, oh, brutal. Brutal. Uh, that, that's probably the closest to a bad concert, but again, that was a stand-up comedian. It wasn't, and, I mean, you're gonna, stand-up comics are gonna have days like that, right? Uh, but like I said, it wasn't an open mic. It was, I don't know, it was really bad. When the, when the opener is funnier than the headliner, and you have to sit there for an hour at unfunny jokes, oof, that's a tough one. Uh, but you pay a lot of money and see an awful performance uh, by a band. I'm sure that's just as bad, if not worse. So yeah, I mean, and that's the risk you take, right? Everyone's going to have a bad day. Everyone's going to have an off day. Um, I, I guess that's the question I should have asked. If you're going to a concert, would you rather, if the artist is, if their voice is strained, if they're not at their best, would you rather watch lip syncing for two hours or would you rather them play through it? That's, I think that's a, a, a good question because they're not going to cancel it, right? You're not going to cancel a show. So if you're at the if you're at the last leg of a of a concert tour, do you want to see them maybe have help by backing vocals on a tape, or do you want to see them play through it? I don't know. That's a question for another time. Uh, but I appreciate all the calls, all the texts today, and uh, you guys have been great. Tom is back tomorrow. Don't worry. It was just one day of me. And hey, we're gonna get through this. Bill's loss, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. And I'll tell you, it's going to be tough to watch the AFC Championship game next week. It really, really is. Uh, because, with the, like I said in the 2 o'clock hour, when the Bills put that winning streak together to get to the playoffs, to get home field advantage uh, as a second seed, and then to lose to the Chiefs again, to not be able to get over the divisional round hump, it really stings, and it's going to be tough to – I mean, I was watching the Australian Open in here. They're playing la uh, last night's matches, and uh, Patrick Mahomes' commercial comes on. and says, oof, too soon. I mean, we're not even 24 hours away – we're not even 24 hours after the game, right? 24 hours ago, we hadn't even kicked off yet. I mean, it's, it's still fresh, and then to see it, everyone still tweeting about it. But, uh, you know, like Kim and Tanawanda said – September, home opener, we'll be there, we'll be loud, we'll be cheering our bills on, uh, but oof, this one leaves a funk, and like I said, I usually wake up the next day and, alright, I'm in a better mood, I still feel like I do. I did when I left the stadium, I, I just cannot get, can't get over it, and I think it's, I was talking to Al Marenka, uh, our engineer here, um, I think it's because I kept telling myself that they were going to win, like I was convinced the bills were going to do it this time and that they would be playing in Baltimore next week and uh, probably just set myself up for disappointment. But you know what? You regroup. You make some changes. You're back here next year to compete. I don't think anyone questions that there'll be a playoff team again. It's just where will they finish the season and how far will they go in the playoffs? That's the, that's the question. And I, I will stick by this. I'd much rather this than go back to the years of the drought. This is much better. Yeah, losing sucks, but losing in the divisional rounds a lot better than ending your season, you know, six and ten, which would now be six and eleven. And hey, maybe if we finish the season with a win, we'll take that momentum in the next season. It's a lot better, a lot better ending this way 
than year after year convincing yourself that the Bills are all of a sudden going to turn a corner. Um, and, you know, year after year without making the playoffs. I'd, I'd much rather win the division and have this feeling after the divisional round. But that's just me. Uh, again, thank you to all who participated in the show. Thank you for all the text. Uh, and thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. We jumped around to a lot of different topics today. If you missed any of the show, we talked about the Bills for the first 90 minutes, talked about the campaign, uh, started with the, the DeSantis campaign and where did it go wrong, and then talking about Trump versus Biden. Who do you have? Um, you know, Democrats, would you feel more comfortable if it was someone other than Biden running against Trump? Uh, who should Trump pick as his vice president? All of that we talked about throughout the show today. So if you missed any of it, uh, go back on the Odyssey app and uh, give it a listen if, you, uh, if you're looking for something to do this evening. But first, make sure you tune into the evening news with Tom Puckett after this break on News Radio 930 WBEN. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 